Hello everybody and welcome to episode 4 of Middle Age Geeks where we aim to chat about movies, games, TV, comics, anime, tech and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts Daz and this is my co-host Phil. How are you doing Philly? Yeah, pretty good man. Good to see you. Good to see you as always. Um, this week, uh, because it's a spooky spectacular Halloween episode, we, for our retro corner we're going to be delving into kind of the history of horror video games and or history with them and what we've played and Phil's going to take us on a on a fantastic journey through that and this week the movie review will be Five Nights at Freddy's with our uh, special guest D Ready so that'll be come up later um so first and foremost um what have you been playing Philly uh, I suppose you know as I said last week I knew I was going to be an antisocial bastard for the whole release of uh, Spider-Man 2 and that's pretty much what I was I um yeah I've played through loads but I think I'm kind of in the end game so now I'm kind of pulling back a little bit so I can do a lot of the side missions that happens you start racing towards it those missions lead in together so well and flying along upgrading suits and all that shit that's great crack but it's just you know I, I worried because I just finished playing the first one again and you can have too much of a good thing so I thought going back in and I've just finished hunting for backpacks and all these little collectibles I went straight into doing it again I thought this is gonna be maybe maybe I made a mistake by playing the first game but no it's you know they've done so much to, to freshen it up yeah you've still got those fucking collectibles and, and chases and stuff but the swinging around the city like adding in the wings you know that you'd see in the trailer is just fantastic like, I don't want to go in we're not going to spoil anything about the game it's just you'll see those things in the trailer but it's just it adds a whole new dimension to it and really keeps it fresh switching between the two of them but it's great you know, as always it's acted so well it was Yuri Lowenthal is that the main guy he's amazing um who does uh, who does yeah Peter Parker he's great but they just it, the voice acting's amazing it looks incredible it's just a lot of fun it really is it's just great fun there's so much to so much to smile about while you're playing it's just yeah that that's kind of I've been playing that and haven't really done anything else you know that you can consider geeky just that and watching a lot of football so uh, yeah what about yourself i'd like to say um i prepared for a halloween episode by playing a spooky game but um i managed to play i think resident evil for about 20 minutes in between bouts of spider-man uh just took a break and said right i should probably uh try and get try and have a go at some old horror game but yeah no spider-man 2 has been has kind of taken over and uh yeah i I purposely didn't play any any of the other like uh, the first game or miles morales in the run-up to it i was thinking of it but um just to get a refresher but yeah i'd heard some people are saying online you know that it is it's another great game but like it's kind of more the same which is good and kind of bad now i and i don't i don't think i'm as far along as you but i definitely got to a point in this where you're tackling all the missions and i'm trying to mix in like side missions and flying around the city but the game seems to ramp up without giving spoilers away. But the game ramps up kind of into a seemingly into a third act quite quickly. You know, with kind of eight nine hours for me, and suddenly it just seems say it seemed uh, strange to just in between missions, these perilous missions where people are, you know, there's a lot of life and death scenarios going on. Some of the set pieces are fantastic, but in between those missions, I found it hard to just kind of venture off and la 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 around the city solving crimes, and you're kind of going okay. This person might die while you're just trying to save this person trapped in the back of a car or something. But um, yeah, really enjoying it. It's uh, it's amazing. The graphics fantastic. Um, gameplay is fantastic. The acting is sublime. Can I ask you? Do you think that they get that they gave too much away in the trailers and gameplay stuff? Like I, I anybody you've seen 
any of this stuff kind of knows spiders there's new spider spider-man's new powers and all that kind of stuff like you see they gave a lot away of that stuff in the trailer and all the rest of it but i'm kind of going in the very first trailer i think yeah yeah but it's like even and then the gameplay trailer they released when they released the gameplay trailer of whatever amount of minutes it was they're showing gameplay from like a good good while into the game like you know i, I don't think they needed to re- to re- to reveal anywhere near as much as they did i think that's that's an idea or that's a kind of a maybe a sign of from a marketing point of view to kind of really showcase that oh there is it's not just the same but slightly better like we're going down different avenues with you know when venom's uh, involved and something like that there's a couple of twists and turns that it doesn't give away thankfully but it still it does it does showcase a lot of like you could be playing for seven eight hours before you get to these gameplay snippets you've seen and you know that's coming yeah and and I get I get that you know from a marketing point of view, but this this game this game doesn't need marketing. You know what I mean? This game was always going to sell hugely well. I just I don't know. I think may I get what you're saying. I just feel that maybe they gave away they put in a little bit too much into it, um, into the trailers and into the gameplay trailers. They they didn't need to, but you know, again they 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 didn't spoil they didn't spoil some of the main giveaways. I think they were kind of held pretty close to the chest, which is cool. Yeah, and they always they always try and they always try and you know add a bit of variety and then playing with different characters and you do play with quite a few different people in this game, which obviously there's a, there's the obligatory uh, Mary Jane kind of scenes we were talking about this last night and I just I know what they're trying to do. It's just like it's break from the from you know Spider Man's trapped or whatever. We're gonna at least it's not sneaking around a museum like the last game, but you play as Mary Jane, you're still kind of sneaking around trying to do it add a stealth component to the game but it's you're playing at that not all the while while you're playing that all you're thinking is uh can i play a spider-man again please can i play a spider-man again please and just yeah yeah i think those are i know why they put them in but i find them yeah completely unnecessary you know you know what i, I find i don't like but and it's not just this isn't contained to just spider-man games but i think the games like um far cry and stuff do it as well a lot of games seem to want to have a departure to a trippy realm of some kind. You know, oh, in yeah, Far Cry, yeah, yeah. someone took drugs or thing, or you went, and then, you know, the same thing you've seen in that happens in Miles Morales, it happens in Spider Man, it happens in a bunch of them where, yeah, yeah, you have to get sucked off into a different world, and you know whether it's a, in a dream realm or something to make things look. Do we really need this? Why do video games keep doing that? I don't know. Is it just we don't want you to get bored of the main game, so we're going to let you have a thing, or do they just want to? showcase what fucking crazy shit they can do i don't know but just so many games do it and it, i just find it you know especially in in the far cry one stand out to me because i'm waiting for it i play a far cry game and i'm like i just i know at some point so the trip is gonna happen but the first time you do it it's probably great but then after that it's like oh for fuck's sake you know yeah you know when you're fighting some big trippy monster like in i think far, far cry 3 there was that big ass monster and there was the what was the called Shangri-La thing yeah. in Far Cry 4 in Far Cry 5 it was that Blizz Bliss or whatever drug they were taking got them all off their nut yeah yeah there's all, there was you know there's always something and it's just I don't know why why they need to put this into video games I don't I'm not sure if it's very well received I know you see it in a review it's always the reviewer even saying like yeah as you can imagine there's another one of the I don't, I don't know it's never the standout moment that they expect it to be maybe they're just like, oh, did you play that that fucking crazy level? It's just like, no, that's just a lead game designer going, hey, I've been messing with this weird kind of, you know, fucking, uh, let's throw some load of rocks all over the place and portals and fucking giants. And yeah, just, 
it's not to say it can't be it can't be done well yeah i mean it's just that it seems samey in a lot of them like i mean it's done well in in arkham you know there's an amazing one with scarecrow uh and that's that's a big giant scarecrow and he's on the hunt for you and stuff and that that's badass that looks really cool and it can be done well i just feel that a lot of these games it's just it's almost the same fucking thing over and over so i knew i knew i knew it was gonna happen in this one as well you know well it works in the arkham game because because that's kind of scarecrow's thing you know what i mean he just uh he makes you kind of trip out and it's 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 that kind of uh visual motif that runs through the the movie and the game which is which is fine but in this yeah i don't i don't know I, i'm not sure if they're if it's a callback to some comic or old animation style or something like that but if they're going to do it i wish they would have done it like a spider-verse level or something like that yeah because they do it in the first one you know it's whatever it's his face uh scorpion scorpion stings in that his poison is the reason you go off and do and there's there's always a reason for you to do it i just i'm just not a fan i just don't know why they insist on putting it into games maybe someone out there who 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 knows better can email us in if they have any theories about why this is so prevalent but uh for me i'm just not a fan but uh look these are that's a very small gripe against what uh what has been an amazing experience so far playing it I'll, I'll hopefully we have a long weekend coming up for the bank holiday for halloween so hopefully I'll, I'll get stuck in and probably finish it then yeah i'm uh I, yeah i save i'm a little bit behind you but hoping to finish it in the next couple of days but yeah like i did uh play as i said for about 20 or 30 minutes but i went back and played resident evil 2 and resident evil 4 i think resident evil 4 is probably one of the only horror video games i've ever finished i've ever, ever completed and we'll get into that kind of shit later on but uh do you have anything else you, you didn't play anything else you said no <laughs> did you watch anything else no like i took it easy i've i've i i i i did a little bit because because i've been enjoying gen v i decided i'd go back and watch season three of the boys as well because i'd only watched that the one so it's kind of good to go through that again it's just fucking such a great show like your man anthony Starr playing homelander is just he is incredible uh like he's just such a prick but like a glue to him in every scene he's oh, yeah, in, can't you, take know, you can't tell even when he's not you know he's not the one speaking just watching the facial expressions and stuff he just looks like a fucking maniac <laughs> and everything that you hear from like the the cast and the crew is just that he's just the nicest bloke in the world you know he's just it couldn't be couldn't be further from how he actually is and um, he just plays the part so well and I, I think i might be in a minority but i quite like carl urban's accent in it i don't mind i know a lot of people are like i can't fucking listen I don't to mind him it at all, yeah. i don't mind it but a lot of people i've, I've spoken to about it are like yeah it's great but i can't stand carl urban's accent whereas i don't mind it maybe it grates more on people who are british i don't know but i like i don't i don't mind it i think sometimes sometimes they're just people that just accents that they think are slightly off just like wreck their head like i remember someone before saying about you know even the irish guy in the titanic movie and it's like ah, oh, the fucking guy just like get an irish actor to play him and just like he fucking is irish <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> that kind of story. what are you talking about another kind of um like you know like, like russell crowe and gladiator he's you know the spaniard he's fucking as aussie as you can get you know it just doesn't matter like but you know after about 10 seconds you just i think either tune it out or you don't or maybe it's just could be the mood you're in you're just not feeling it and looking for something to just boil your fucking brain like but. i i i love when uh i love when some actors like that who are just so huge like russell crowe oh yeah who don't even bother like i always reminded of what's his face of sean connery in highlander 
And again, he's a Spaniard as well. <laughs> and he doesn't fucking make an effort at all. You've got an actual Scottish bloke, supposed to be Spanish, making no effort at all. And you've got Christopher Lambert, who's trying, trying to do a Scottish accent. And that's just... <laughs> Belgian. Fucking, yeah, and that is fucking hilarious. Like, God, I love that movie. Like, it's so fucking stupid, but it's just so much fun, that movie. Fucking... Oh, we have to revisit that at some stage. Oh, I'd love to. Like, I could talk for the full episode about the state of fucking Highlander 2. <laughs> That's just, what a mess. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I love that. Like you said, just too big. Well, I'm not going to fucking bother doing an accent. No one's going to care. I'm like, And no one does. They, I don't, like I remember watching it even when I was a kid. God, like, I'm, I'm not even questioning the fact that he's supposedly the Spaniard, but has a big fucking, big fucking Scottish or Scottish accent on him. Like, fuck it, who cares? Like, but yeah, no, that that's going to be me. That's the only really show I've been watching. Apart from that, that my free time over the last what, a few days, or at least over the weekend, has been uh, has been playing Spider Man. Okay, super. So now, in a change to our kind of regular format, um, Phil is going to take us um, on a journey through the history of horror video games. So take it away, Philly. Yeah, cheers, dude. Yeah, I just thought this could be an interesting thing to do in, in place of our kind of retro corner, just in honor of this kind of Halloween special. Um, I, I play a lot of horror video games. I watch a lot of horror TV and stuff, and I kind of have done throughout my life. So I thought maybe it'd be interesting to kind of look at each kind of decade, what came out. Now, I was quite young when some of these came out, so I remember, vaguely remember some of them, although I hadn't played them, but I've kind of gone back to them over the years, you know? Like my first console was a... Um, atari 2600 so we're going back to the 80s here and nice. this was gifted to me by my my cousin who got he got in uh he got an intent he got a nez he got a nez as soon as it came out and i got the atari 2600 and i remember seeing the games that were out for it like um halloween you know halloween the movie they actually made it and i had the the, the actual tune was in it that oh, wow. but like obviously in fucking <laughs> you know in beeps and fucking whatever and it was yeah, it yeah, was yeah. so it was so ridiculous, you know, I remember seeing at the time the box going, this, the back of it, like thinking, wow, this looks amazing, you know, but then looking back on it years later going, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like I think there was actually controversy about the the gore as in, you know, like Morris puts his pixel knife near you and the head kind of splits out little pixels of blood, like two or three kind of thing, like it's what they were calling a graphic, whereas like that is just, yeah, like worse than, pet, you know, fucking matchstick drawn kind of stuff. But like that was kind of my early stuff of seeing these boxes and stuff and wondering, what exactly the game would be about you know and, and i think that when i kind of look back at it as i got a little bit older about what the older games were like the one that kept popping up was one called 3d monster maze which was actually on the pc and it, it was like um it was a, it was like first person i guess and you're kind of going around in this maze and there's a monster chasing you it's either a monster or a dinosaur or something chasing you <laughs> and the idea is you're going around and i've seen the gameplay of it like you're going around corners and if you know the maze you know, you're, you're a player, you are quicker than this robot, but little text comes up and tells you he's looking for you, he's close to you. But as long as you know the maze, well, then you can generally stay ahead of him and get out of it. But there's, you know, it's it's very difficult to make something with such simple graphics be scary. But there was that thing that you didn't know if you were going to turn a corner and see him, and you would see it, you'd kind of go around it, but the same kind of setup as Doom, where, you know, it looks like the walls are 3D. Not original, yeah. sorry, Wolfenstein, where it looks like the walls are 3D and then you're moving through and really you're not like similar to that but you come around a corner and this thing would be there and i'm gonna put a picture on the facebook or on the instagram of what this <laughs> thing actually looked like of uh, because it's fucking hilarious but this is the supposed monster that would get you know but it must have been i imagine it must have been quite a challenge to get that 
feeling of dread and stuff from it. But I think they tried to add that by having the text, by letting you know he's coming after you. Because the game, like back then, I think it was so old that it was pretty much in silence. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So you're not really getting tense music or anything to gear up the mood. So, But that those games are the first thing I kind of think of in the 80s. But I think for me, where it kind of came into, we started getting games that maybe were a little bit more, not just horror as in trying to scare you but horror as in gory because they could actually do a bit more now was when it started getting into 90s like if you think like the early 90s we got we got doom there was monsters and all that kind of stuff but really actually fucking teeth and fangs and shit you could actually see whereas you weren't really getting that in home consoles before that and that's kind of that i know that's more action than horror but i think the 90s is where i first had my kind of scare in video games like when i actually went jesus that's actually scary that was you might remember alone in the dark oh yeah you know they made a series alone in the dark so i think for me that was the first one that kind of scared that actually got the shits put on me because it it, it a lot of games afterwards kind of took its model the alone in the dark model but it was you know it was this three it was 3d it was this fixed camera you know if you were to go back and play it now you'd see how similar it looked to the first Resident Evil. You know, it was set in a mansion as well. You know, it came up before it, but it was set in a mansion. And back then, like, it was the business. It had that fixed camera. It had that creepy music. Like, everything I think that came after that, the, you know, the Resident Evil games that came out, the first, not, obviously not once it got into more action-paced, but the first couple of games and stuff, and other games that came out around that time, I think were heavily influenced by Alone in the Dark. Keys to open certain doors. A lot of the same stuff you would see, like very limited space in your inventory and having puzzles and stuff a lot of stuff that like if i was to ex- if i was to explain this game and didn't tell you what they were and asked got you to guess which game it was you might say that sounds like resident evil you know it, it was so so heavily influenced the resident evil games which we'll kind of touch on resident evil as we go through this you know through the decades because they just obviously kick off in the 90s and each time you know there's been eight mainline games um so there's there's obviously plenty of things so i think we'll only kind of jump in and out because we could do a whole segment on the Resident Evil series. I'm fucking, you never know, we might do. But yeah, I think that step, I think then the next step that kind of came from me in the 90s that took it a step further was Silent Hill. Um, So Silent Hill is another one that only got a very short franchise. I would have loved to seen more games from this. I know there was a, there was a cancelled game at one point, I think not too many years ago, where, where like Hideo Kojima and stuff before he left Konami at the, with, um, like Norman Reedus was was due to star in it. He like they promoted it. I think it was Silent Hills or something it was called, but it ended up not getting ended up not getting made, which is a bummer. Uh, of course, he went on to work with Kojima and Reedus went on to work together on Death Stranding later on. But um, yeah, the the Silent Hill game was different because it took it out, you know, took it out kind of into almost an open world. It wasn't really an open world. It was just kind of small little town, um, and they kind of made the creepy vibe by having the whole town kind of shrouded in shrouded in mist you know you're out there looking for your lost daughter and there's all fucking you have to do the same thing you have to do puzzles and all the rest of it. but this time there's a proper third person camera that moves around and it was more psychological horror than it was resident evil which was fucking killing zombies like you were spe- in resident evil you're these stars you're these special agents going in you're well trained but whereas in this one it was almost harder to shoot like because he was just a regular dude put up against this stuff your character and so it was really tell he's not used to f- being out there and having to be the fucking like, the hero you know and that was really apparent almost the way he shot the gun felt different it was difficult to fire because he's just a he's just a guy and that kind of felt 
I don't know. They, you really felt that through the game. Now to look back, I think it's it's aged. Looks wise, it's aged a hell of a lot worse than the first Resident Evil game. But at the time, you know, I think it did a great job at making the kind of super creepy psychological kind of vibe. At this time, was uh, were the Resident Evil games still kind of locked off cameras? Because I've never played um, Silent Hill games. Yeah, yeah, it was. It came around the first time. I think it came Silent. I, I'm again. It'll probably be one I'll, I'll be corrected on by a listener, but. I'm pretty sure it came around the same time as Resident Evil 2, maybe slightly after Resident Evil 2. And yeah, it it, it get it for me it just it just it just changed it up a little bit because of the the gameplay being a little more outside and the player not being a hero kind of type. It just gave me that more of a creepy vibe. You know, you're walking around the town and all of a sudden some winged creature or a creepy ass dog <laughs> comes out of the mist. But I think, yeah, the, the, the 90s, I think, for were, were for me were where they just kind of started being they're able to do more with it to make scares. They're able to build it up with sudden camera changes and with like music alone i think can make horror they do it well if sound design is done well you can creep the shit out of people and for me they were just being able to use the the hardware that was out at the time which of course would have been you know 90s would have been your, your playstation and would have been the main one where i would have played these of course on pc and stuff as well but where i would have played them was on playstation and then we get into the 2000s and the early 2000s, the one that stands out for me the most, I'm not sure if you played this one, but it was actually on the GameCube, uh, Eternal Darkness. Oh, stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck me. That's uh, that's that's what is it probably behind like Resident Evil 2 and 4. That's my top horror game, I think, of all time absolutely of all time and it's and i play i probably only played about five horror games <laughs> but like uh yeah that's the one that the uh, um used to trip you out where it, it was it was kind of you were uh what well, sorry you go ahead there. yeah 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 no that's it that's the basic thing like it was it happened over spans of like um time periods almost different characters that you had but like you said it, it trips you out by having like a, a sanity meter so there's people and go ghouls and whatever, whatever. There's things after you, and if they get sight of you, if you're seen by them, it starts to you know make your sanity meter drop and drop and drop. And if it gets below a certain level, like it happens in the game, you're walking along and all of a sudden the heads of a statue or the eyes of a picture ever start fucking looking at you. You know, there's little stuff like that. But as it goes down, eventually it starts getting to the point where it messes with you instead of the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like it starts going like it comes up as if it's gonna delete your entire game mm. or it acts as if the it's going to start lowering the the volume, the volume yeah, on yeah. the tv and stuff like it just it and didn't it, it do flies like the, it, it did like a fake kind of swarm of flies on the tv where you yeah. kind of get up and try and swat yeah, the did, tv and like, what the fuck is it it just which was great like having that kind of fourth wall break was just i loved that you know and there's one of the games later on we'll touch on kind of does something similar but yeah i loved that that extra thing of involving the player you know i think the only thing i really remembered for that was like psychomantis you know moving your vibrating controller in metal gear solid it was something that gets the player kind of into the game world a little bit was really cool i think as well when we mentioned the conquers bad fur day really stood out for being holy shit this is a nintendo game i think eternal darkness is the same like i mean it's okay it's 20 20 years ago just over 20 years ago i think eternal darkness came out yeah 2002 but but yes but being a nintendo game there was nothing else on nintendo that was fucking scaring the shit out of you i know we got fair enough we got resident evil on it but for the gent that's that again this kind of psychological messing with messing with you kind of game that that was the first one that really stood out to me i think in the early 2000s as being 
oh yeah, fine again, something else really cool. You know, we've it, it, I, I loved seeing this extra little thing added in of fucking with the player. It's uh, I would like to see more games do that because we've got fucking hardware now. Like imagine playing a fucking a PlayStation game and all of a sudden it turns your camera on and you see yourself on the fucking screen or something like that that scared a bit Jesus out of you like. but that's like because yeah that game like uh, Silicon Knights the uh, the people that made that I think they went bust in like 2013 or something but like we were waiting for a sequel for ages because that game, Eternal Darkness was critically lauded like and it was um it just sold fucking nothing you know what I mean so but did, it, did why did it did it not sell because people thought oh it's Nintendo this isn't going to be scary yeah it's just marketing I just don't there was no commercials or is it because it was a new IP or yeah probably just a new IP and I guess the market at that time and I mean like I, I bar the kind of Resident Evil games that was as you say, that was the only um, kind of 18s rated or rated game or M for mature, you know. Um, and as a, a, I was like a staunch um, Nintendo um, fan. So I like I didn't play any PlayStation games. I was that kind of fan back in the 90s and early noughties. So I didn't play like Silent Hill and any of the other um, kind of plethora of uh, horror games that PlayStation and Sony were churning out. So this... When this came along, it was like this is fucking fantastic. So when they didn't, when there was no sequel, and like yeah, uh, even Nintendo is checking. Nintendo still renew the license for Eternal Darkness, uh, Sanity's Requiem, whatever it's called, every year, and they did so again like last year. And it's just like, come on, guys, <laughs> you know, yeah, toying with us. But um, yeah, it was uh, that was amazing. Like it really was, and as I said, with with today's hardware, what they could do, like I mean, you can imagine. You talked about wearing the VR headset and walking in and seeing that set of crows or whatever like that. But the games now can 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 learn your name. Like I remember playing Fallout 4 and giving my name to the little robot butler and he said, oh, Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can imagine you're walking along through this creepy woods and all of a sudden you just hear in your ear going, Phil. Yeah. So like, fuck! That was scared of the Jesus out of you. Like, <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 they'll have to come with some sort of fucking hell like, warning, yeah, yeah. like don't throw this headset yeah. through your television or whatever. Like, but uh, <laughs> it... It, it, yeah, there's so much they could do, I think, today. And yet they did it 20, you know, 20 years ago. They were able to do it. They messed more with the player. I'd like to see more stuff with that now. Now, again, I'll, I'll talk about one later on in the game where we kind of do bring stuff into it, but I'd like to see more of that. Resident Evil games can continue out to the 2000s. Uh, they, I like that they kind of reinvented themselves as the years went. You now it's obviously to come back into a different character, but they kind of, as Resident Evil went on, I think it was a four was the first one that was kind of action little bit action heavy yeah i know six obviously was more like an action game than anything else and mm. um, i do like that they tried different things with resident evil but four had that nice balance of kind of action and kind of horror and kind of scare the shit out of you but then five and six started was action set piece after action set piece yeah, whereas i think the 90s really stood out as being resident evil's kind of horror stuff this was it this was you, know, you think about 90s horror you kind of think about resident evil whereas i think in 2000s yeah, I think in the thousands though other ones kind of came out. Like I said, you had your Eternal Darkness and stuff, but I think there was games kind of changed up a little bit and added new stuff to it. Like I remember playing with a friend of ours playing Left for Dead too. I didn't really play the first one, but playing Left for Dead that was a new take on horror because it was all about. This was the first one I played where you were fucking hordes. You know, it was it was you're go you you were going through you have a team of four and generally it was whether it was the two of us or whoever else was there, and it's getting to that safe room to kind of get yourself fucking loaded up on more gear and the computer was smart you know it would, it would kind of feed you how much loot would be available kind of based on how you were doing and 
yeah, those games are just co-op mowing down fucking billions of zombies. <laughs> and these zombies were fast as yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like we're not like twenty eight days later like, kind of you know, stuff. We talk about Resident Evil. Well, yeah, like Resident Evil and and, and stuff like that you'd kind of have slow pondering zombies. Like you could take four or five shots. You could reload while firing a handgun at some of these zombies in Resident Evil. Now it was scary because you only might have had five or six bullets left and this fucker shambling towards you and the camera it was you know it was difficult and aim. the limitations of the kind of limitations of the yeah, technology yeah. and the fact that the controls were kind of antiquated and stuff so it made it more terrifying because you had to move shoot move shoot and it's like yeah yeah it, they were awkward games whereas left for dead was just a fucking free-for-all they made big ass enemies and they were that was really cool i think the game if i, if I was just to pick out a game though from the 2000s that stands out as my uh, as my favorite. I, I think you might agree with this one. Is Dead Space hundred percent Dead Space for me? Like I think even in 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 genres in general, my two favorite are horror and sci fi. So you combine the two of them together, and you've got one happy fill. And this is why <laughs> I talked recently about me, you know, rewatching the likes of Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I know that these are not great movies, but I fucking adore them just because this is supremely polished sci fi horror. Whether you yeah. think it's fucking that the storyline is dumb as shit or whatever, which a lot of people do, and I do as well. Serviceable, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so polished, it's so incredible looking. It's horror sci-fi mixed together. I cannot get enough of that. That's right up my alley. So, Dead Space. You know, when you step out as Isaac and you've, you know, you're going along with very small amount of weapons at the start, and you get this badass fucking gun. There was something so cool about him going through this super dark area, and you just see. You know the thing lit, lit light up on his back. That's all you're gonna see, and his and his mask, and the way they fought the enemies in that, taking off their limbs one by one was just so fucking satisfying. Like you're encouraged to do it, not like just in some games. Like okay, you're you're aiming for headshots the whole time. You were encouraging this way to pick the bastards apart, and they're coming in with big fucking claws, and you're <laughs> popping off bits. Yeah. And what was great about that game was, and it's in a lot of games, I guess, but in that game was the the false sounds that you think something's around the corner and it really, you turn around, there's nothing there. You see the shadow, you see the claws, the creaks or a pipe burst and steam comes fucking jetting out, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, so atmospheric. So just to the point where you're coming around, I don't know what's around the next corner. I just, I don't want to go around the next corner. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, stay here. Like, yeah, just yeah. Fuck that. But it was, you know, it was gory. It was fun. It was fucking creepy as shit. Like, and they obviously they've made the, They've made this the the, re, the remake now this year, and they've changed where you've you've given you your character more of a voice and stuff, where you people more just talking at you before. And I enjoyed that, like, but it's just for me, it was fucking class. Now I I like the second one, didn't really like the third one, but the, the that for me stands out as my favorite two thousands horror game. I know, yes, we've got Resident Evil, we've got all these cool games, but I just there's something so special for me about Dead Space and that world it created. It was fucking creepy, it was gory. It was really smart. Uh, yeah, I really love that game. Um, I think that for, I think, yeah, that's kind of, I didn't go mad into the 2000s because I kind of, there's so many 2010 games. There's been so many from the last, you know, 13 years that you know, I want to talk about. So I think we'll just move on into the 2010s. So I, the first one is, is, is one, if you remember Outlast, when Outlast came out. So Outlast, Outlast for me was what, what really stood out for me. I, only, I didn't play a massive amount of the game. But what really was like it, it what what really was cool was how well the cap the, the night vision camera was done. So you'd see a lot of people playing this game, like they show reactions to movies now, where they've got people in movie theaters watching paranormal activity. And the idea to sell it is to have, oh, look at this fucking crowd reacting and how scared they are. 
there was so much of that doubt last i remember when it came out but they were doing it with streamers and ign hosts and all that kind of stuff and it was their reactions to it because there's some fucking genuinely scary stuff like i remember turning the turn just the camera turning back on night vision i turn back across and there's some fucker like holding up the oak and looking at me like this fucking zombie thing and it was that was the that was the super fucking scary stuff to me and i i again I, it's again it's the use of something cool and for me it was that it was that night vision thing really stood out for me as that actually because you're just anything in horror movies now even like with found footage and they put the night vision thing on you know the camera's going to look away and at some point it's going to look back and there's something there and if you look back at something there and it's got this lit up eyes because it's a reflection of the thing all this all the fucking scarier you know and that was that was it for me in outlast i really fucking loved and the other games that came out that year it came out quite not too long after that one that stood out to me is evil inside i've never played that do you play no. that game? No. So they've made a sequel, um, which I couldn't really get into, but I loved the first one. It had like a couple of things that I think the ring things that scare me, out, freak me out in games are those um, stalker type oh, enemies. Yeah, yeah. You know the ones that you're just you know they're there and it's like oh, they're fuck. fucking bullet sponges and they're just constantly coming after you, like Mister X, like Lady Dimitrescu. These characters that just keep fucking oh, yeah, coming Jesus after you, like that Christ, creepy yeah. fuck. I don't know his name, but that the hillbilly dude you keep killing <laughs> in Resident Evil Seven who just keeps coming after you. Oh man. Yeah, anyway, we'll get to Resident Evil 7. But that, that you know, it had one of those kind of things, this weird, long, black-haired fucking creature monster thing that's crawling after you, making these god-groaning noises and shit. And I, I really love that game. It, you know, it starts off really cool. You're you're caught and you're hung up upside down and, like, like you're in a butcher's guy and there is a big, gigantic butcher fucking hammering meat. You can see it's other dead people. Oh, and you're like, how the fuck do I get out of this? And you look across and you can see there's a knife stuck into some other dude who's hanging upside down. And so you just have to swing the joystick back and forth and you're edging every <laughs> so just so you can grab the knife to get out. Like, oh, and uh, but some of the bosses are fucking really cool in it. It was it goes fucking again as a lot of these games do. It goes two fucking bananas towards the end. You know, it goes off the fucking rails altogether. But I loved in the before it gets to that, the real creepy build up. And like your safe zones are these um Oh, it's hard to describe. It's almost like an old timey kind of hospital. You know, you go in, I always have a safe zone, you go in and the music is all calm, but it's super surreal. And there's this nurse there and you go in to do your saves and it's just this really serene, normal stuff. And you're just like, I don't want to leave here. I don't want to come back inside of <laughs> the yeah, fucking yeah. madness, you know? And it's a big thing. Safe rooms kind of, I suppose for me, where I think Resident Evil again, for me, were the ones that really made those a staple of horror games. You know, you see them in, in a lot of horror games now but for those it was a real clever way of letting you go in save no bad guys could get you in there it was just a set space where you could go in save your game if you had your little save ribbon ink ribbon or whatever and this kind of utilized something similar but yeah cool cool game um and then see we kind of got i suppose different spins on the horror game i think then after that like if you look at 2013 we had the last of us is what really jumps out. Like, Sir Blast of Us gave this different kind of take on zombies because it was an actual man-made virus in Resident Evil. In horror, a lot of horror movies, it's been they've been risen for the dead by a witch or a wizard or something who's taken them on. There was always this thing. Twenty-eight days later, again, was it you know was a virus, a man-made virus. Whereas The Last of Us, the way they presented it, was this fungus. It was something that evolved cordyceps that gets into your brain. It wasn't you know, it wasn't engineered by anybody. It just got out there and in a flash took over the whole world, you know, and 
there was something about that because you now you weren't there wasn't some entity this evil entity that started it all it wasn't the umbrella corporation that, that it started it wasn't the big bad government that was trying to cover it up everybody everybody was infected you know it was it was the government didn't know what was going on nobody knew what was going on and that's what was so cool and that there was i think for me although there's emotional moments in a lot of these other games the last of us adding in this horrible terrifying creepy world and bringing in so much beautiful emotion this story of the, the bond between joel and ellie as you travel through this apocalyptic terrifying world and this guy and this child navigating it together sure you even you even you start crying like i was crying five minutes into that game oh crying in the first first few minutes into it it's it's the most emotional yeah most emotional opening to any game but it brought proper for me brought proper storytelling into the horror stuff you know and yeah there's some there's some great cool moments in in dead space and games like that where you you have an ultimate goal but this brought a full proper narrative and horror mixed together um, for me, that just worked so well. And I mean, you can see what it spawned. The second game, I absolutely love. The show is incredible. It's become a phenomenon now, you know, and it's it set the bar so incredibly high. If you want to play a horror survival horror game and not put in that kind of work, it's going to stand out because that it's what Naughty Dog did with that game. It's just spectacular. As you said, I played that game the, the the first one I, easily a dozen times i played it and i i still i'm still blubbering like a child you know near <laughs> that, that, that thing, thing at the start because it's just it's so beautifully done it's the real actors you know troy baker is a excellent excellent actor yeah, it's and actually, made by you know, storytellers rather than games yeah it really things. is like for those for those of you who watch the show i mean the the Neil Druckmann, who was one of the creators of the show, was also the creator of the game. So he is a storyteller. He, he's it's not the only game he's done either. Like so, you've he knows what he's doing and what he. If you've I listened to the podcast for that show back when it when it came out and, and listening to what he got from the actors, what he wanted, his vision, and how Foy Baker really lived up to that, like really put his all into it into that character. Um, I'm such a massive uh fanboy for, for Troy Baker. He's excellent. But yeah, so that game for me was just incredible. Love the stories. Love the new spin on zombies. I think as well around that time, because it was around 2013, I think it came out, when Alien Isolation came out. And for me, I adored this game. It, it they they brought they re they sorry, they brought back to life. They brought to life this Everything from Alien, the first Alien movie that I, that I adored, it, it really captured the atmosphere from the first Alien movie. They used the same kind of technology. You know, yeah, everything was real, big fucking buttons like it was fucking 70s, everything the movie was made. Um, anyway, so, you know, it's real. Yeah, it's real. That kind of, everything has that vibe. And for that reason, it ages incredibly well. I played it not too long ago. Um, and for a 10-year-old game, it still looks fucking great. Uh, but... What was really smart about that game was how they utilized the AI because the alien was after you, but they didn't have it in games like a stalker game where it knows where you are and it's coming for you. It's genuinely looking for you. It's out there hunting for you. You know, you've one tracker for the player, one tracker, it's out there looking for you. And again, depending on how well you're doing and how not, the alien will show up more often. And they change where it's going to be. You know, you could be fucking walking along. You're like, okay, I'm safe. I haven't seen the bastard for a while. And then you fucking walk into a lift and all of a sudden you get a cutscene and a fucking tail rips through your fucking stomach or whatever and the aliens there and it just they really kept that up with with the music by not giving you any proper you've no real weapons you, you can pick up and up but again it's 
one or two bullets doesn't really work against this thing like so there's other humans and all that stuff involved but for the most part it's you and this alien and i loved it i absolutely loved the way that the atmosphere the ai was so so clever and I, I could, I could, I'm, it was so good that I'm going to admit something. I ended up listening to the audiobook over the game. They made an audiobook, <laughs> Alien Isolation, where they, fill, where they filled in loads of gaps and stuff about this and about the, and they speak about Alien. They just kind of go off and make it its own little story. And I actually listened to the audiobook because I enjoyed the game so much. But again, it's really, really well acted. Um, Does it outstay its welcome? Because I've, I've played it for about four hours and, and I've never been able to get past it, yeah. Yeah, so this is what I was going to get to. What, what, if the game is too long because what it suffers from is where you go to a lot of games, you have to, it tells you what you go, you're going along on your mission, it tells you what you need to do next. So go and you have to get a code you know, or you have to enter a code into this computer. Okay, grand, I'll go and do that. When you get there, it tells you, oh, but in order to get access to this computer, there's three nodes or something on different parts of the station you have to go, okay, grand. So I'm getting three nodes and I access the computer. Then you get to the first node and it goes, well, in order to access this node, there's another three things you have. To, and it just does this. It starts adding these extra steps. It's like, well, look, you don't need, and it does that multiple times. It adds on extra steps. It doesn't need, yeah, it doesn't need to. It could have been a much shorter game. Like, it's still great, but it could have been a shorter game if they took this padding out. And that's where it kind of falls a little bit down and annoyed me. Yeah, like, I only played it for six six hours, maybe five or six hours. Maybe, like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably... Uh... Um, adding a few hours on there f- to make me sound cooler but it wasn't the uh, longevity or the the padding or anything i didn't even get to that stuff i really enjoyed that game and and tried to play it three or four times um, but i'm just too much of a baby it's just too like really just too scary <laughs> just terrified me like but you see now like with a three-year-old daughter the only time i get to play is uh late at night with earphones on in a darkened room so fuck that like that's <laughs> Well, it's it's but you know for anybody who's listening, if you if it's something you want to go check out, it does stand up well. Um, after that, then the other ones that I kind of played a little bit because again, I'm I know I'm from people who are listening. I'm 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 not getting through all the games that came out in this time. There's so many other horror games, but I'm kind of want to just stick to the ones that I've at least played a little bit. And also, I'm wary that we do still have a whole other section to do after this. So the <laughs> the last few that kind of pop up for me, there was one called Until Dawn. Um, oh, yeah. and Until Dawn, what was cool, because this was another one that kind of broke the fourth wall. This was a real choice-based horror game, but it would kind of break the wall and have you, almost have you checked on as if you're the, you're a patient, you know, checking in to see how you're getting okay. on kind of thing. And what was cool was that it was, there was there was big names that played, like Peter Stormare is in it, uh, Rami Malek, oh, cool. Aiden Panettieri. Is it Panettieri? Panettieri? You yeah. know, you're one from, from Heroes. From uh, Heroes, um, yeah. Yeah, so she's, and that was a cool one. Um, and then one that can, keeps popping up now because it keeps getting new franchises linked to it is Dead by Daylight. So Dead by Daylight is like a horror, you know, online horror game. But it's been, you might have seen it sometimes, it gets um, like Alien, Halloween, Resident Evil. It gets those characters added into it and stuff like the way Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. There's always famous people there. Is that the Nicolas Cage one? Is I he in it? He might be. I'm not Isn't sure. It, he, <laughs> I think there was something he, really... He could very well be, but it, it reminds me of the way for, Fortnite gets yeah, yeah. every so often. They might all of a sudden have Marvel or Star Wars. I think Wars there was something, something recently came out and yeah. it was Nicolas Cage kind of going... He came onto stage for one one of those game show things, just like I'm in the game, and he's just like, obviously he has no idea what the fucking game is. He's just like, I'm in the game now. Cool. It's like, all right, I'll buy it. Oh, well, I'll, I'll play it. Just fucking... I'll play it for Nicolas Cage. I fucking love him. And... 
yeah, I could even he's he's been doing a bunch of horror movies over the last few years, so it wouldn't surprise me. And yeah, I suppose yeah, that the last few I guess are just ones that have jumped we jump back in because we're getting up to closer to the the date now in the twenties. Like the last maybe five six years, I think Resident Evil Seven jumps out as we we touched on that in the last episode as Resident Evil getting back to its core. You know, six was action. It's getting back into what they've, they've it was the first game where they're like no no fucking redfields or any of that kind of stuff you know we're coming in with this different character and yeah and so i really really enjoyed seven and to do a creepy hillbillies man freaks me out so and the switch to first person view as well which is controversial at the time but it's just it's fantastic choice yeah yeah oh great but it's a great choice definitely yeah definitely and you can play it in third person i think as well but um for me yeah i love the fucking there's something again like that of turning a corner because it's your face turning a corner in third person you almost see around the corner you can see it's happening to your player whereas first person it's happening to you you know and that's especially when you're going through a door in resident evil 7 you go through a door because it's first person the door opens and you get the same kind of animation all the time but then there's there's obviously there's one point where the door opens and somebody fucking opens the door and just ah oh, god almighty ah! <laughs> yeah it's yeah and it's being like creepy old goddamn house and it's just oh yeah loved it and then eight as well for me i love i love resident evil eight i love the i, I like the kind of action-packed stuff that they did have they kind of didn't go too mad with it they, they added into it resident evil eight's a good one fucking crazy ass bosses uh in that one but that's another good one that, that i won't go into it but yeah the, 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 there's some real there's funny creepy stuff in it as well you the know thing, yeah just the baby sounds that's all i'll say and yeah 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 the, the baby the whole baby uh level is i know you were saying it freaked you out man i was crying laughing playing that level man it's so i just down tools at that point and uh it was a good three weeks before i picked it up again just like i can't i couldn't get through that just throwing controllers around screaming wailing like oh my god it's uh <laughs> no i i was i laugh my ass off that i really enjoyed that um and then you know i think that i think that was the cool thing with resident but getting back to its roots and then the only other one from this kind of say last 10 years one that kind of jumped it, that's gonna is the one that we're gonna cover in the next section yeah so like i think that's it for the most part for the kind of 2010s and 2020s games like i i know as i've said before we've i've missed a ton i haven't talked about shit loads um because just the time constraints and because i don't really want to delve too far into games that i haven't really played either uh, so but that's just my experience over the years these are the ones that i've loved um it's nice to hear you does have really enjoyed some of the ones i have as well like resident evil eternal darkness because i don't think you and i have actually spoken about eternal darkness before so that's really cool so i really enjoyed that i said what i really would like to hear i'm sure both me and Daz would love to hear is you at home if what are your experiences of playing any of the games we mentioned or also you know what are some games we didn't didn't mention here that you really have enjoyed maybe you we could try them or you know maybe you can point out some errors in the stuff that we've said <laughs> or maybe you didn't find any of the stuff scary that we found scary so yeah we'd love to hear from you so the usual email address you know middleagegeeks at yahoo.com uh, give us a shout on that um, so look with that section over we are going to move on now to our movie review Okay, our movie review this week is the shit show that is Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, this was quite an incredible watch. We all saw it yesterday. And to help us dive into this hot mess this week, we have a special guest, Dee Reddy. How are you, Dee? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Happy days. Uh, Dee is a, f- is a successful podcaster and broadcaster, and you may know her from the radio also. 
Um, Dee has recently launched her own podcasting company, Poddle. So um, we, we, myself and Phil, were thinking that because this is our Halloween horror special, we've been, it might be nice to have a little chat about our relationship with horror. And I know Dee, yourself and Phil are avid horror fans, much more than me, actually. And you guys watch a lot of horror movies, no matter how good or awful they are. So firstly, I guess, Dee, uh, what is it about horror that uh, you like so much or love so much? Yeah, it's such a funny one. I mean, I think like over the years, it's been one constant in myself and Phil's relationship anyway. And like we have, as you say, like even bad films, we really get a thrill out of watching them, um, including the, I think there's only one we've ever turned off, isn't there? That weird 70s one. Like we we, we even made it up the whole way through Zombie Strippers, which and <laughs> my friends that is impressive um but yeah it's it's i don't really know what it is like i've i i i've always been interested in the kind of like darker side of human life and like interested and also amused so like comedy horrors are probably my favorite um but it's a funny thing because i I, last year I had, uh, I got a dog bite that got infected and then I ended up having to have surgery on my hand um, and one of the surgery and, and I got meningitis and there was like a whole thing like, so it was a really traumatic um, series of, I was going to say series of events, series of catastrophes. Um, but one of the surgeries I, um, I was completely lucid for and uh, they just used a tourniquet um, to stop the blood flow to my arm and I could I could literally see inside my own hand like I could see bone and everything and I I have found since watching um horror I've had to be really really careful because I don't have the same appetite or resilience to gore that I used to have um and I don't know if that's going to be a, a lasting result of that um, mm. uh, or, or if it's just, you know, and, and that's kind of funny enough. That's made me think about other people over the years who have professed that they didn't like or they, 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 you know, they found it horrible or traumatic or whatever to watch. It. And I was like, oh, you know, is that related to something that they have witnessed or, or, or seen or are afraid of or whatever? So yeah, it, it, it's a funny one. I, I actually do hope <laughs> that my resilience will come back because I'm having to turn down watching films that I would normally be absolutely bad into. <laughs> uh, but thankfully this delight that you got me to watch is PG 13 in the States. It's well, it's 15. 15. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we no, walked in and straight away, you, well, you, because you had mentioned that you, at your showing there was kids, and when we walked in, straight away on the right hand side, there was a buggy, like a buggy That's in the smart. corner. And sure enough, after a few minutes, this woman left with a child who couldn't have been more than like four or five. <laughs> She's like, you she know. got that way um, wrong. Yeah, it's it's ghastly because when you say when you say about horror being desensitized, because you had sent me an article quite recently about the benefits, isn't it? The health yeah. benefits of yeah. horror, yeah, and and how like really? you like I. You, Often in 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 podcasting, we would talk about um, true crime and and the fact that like true crime as a genre is like the the highest con- consumption is from women. So the uh, joke that I would usually say, usually when I'm presenting to other women, is you know if you meet a woman and you look through her podcast consumption and it's all you know murder, death, rape, um, then you know don't don't judge her don't judge her like she's she's probably listening to those 
out of a self-preservation instinct because she wants to find out how not to get killed. Um, <laughs> but if you mean a man whose um, podcast listing is entirely comprised of murder, death, rape, put down the phone and run because <laughs> 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 you know um so yeah i mean like I, I i don't know if the same extends into horror i don't think it does um but yeah it's just a funny thing about true crime anyway i uh, like i i think for me like I, I love obviously horror tv horror video games all that stuff but i think what i love about horror movies is that like you can make a low budget comedy low budget drama movies mm. but like if if there isn't a compelling story or a compelling cast or something to keep you interested, if it's low budget on top of that, your fucking interest is gone because you're not getting any sort of emotional connection. So yeah. you're not getting any sort of physical reaction, nothing at all. Whereas like low budget horror, because it can work, it can just use really cheap practical effects or even just jump scares. I know some people hate jump scares. I fucking love them. But even just, you can get a reaction out of somebody, even if the story is shit and the characters, I don't even remember their names or their backstory you can build suspense, you know, uh, suspense and, and terror and a genuine reaction. Like, I mean, you look at like Blumhouse who, who produced this one. Yeah. You know, the money they've made from stuff like Paranormal Activity cost a few hundred grand to make, made Millions, like 125 yeah. million or something yeah. crazy. Like, because people are just waiting, like it's found footage stuff, it's super low budget, but something's there that shouldn't be there. And that's enough to get us, bring us all to a physical reaction of, oh God, uncertainty i'm there at attention and i love that it's just so something so special for me about horror movies that's why i leave, I love the cheap ones as well as the super but that's such ones. a good point phil because i think that's there's something yeah. still so experimental about horror filmmaking in a way that maybe other genres don't have like you know you reference paranormal activity but like going back even before that blair witch project kind of created the whole genre of of of, of found footage um it, you know that, that and, and a whole wave of it it probably didn't create the, the genre but like like genuine and and the practical practical effects that that people use like oftentimes these are filmmaking um devices that then actually become professionalized or you know actually adopted by other areas of the industry and i think that's such an interesting thing about it yeah yeah definitely and and, and it's it's the stuff that as i said it can be so small if that was in if i'm watching it on tv a door moving isn't going to be a huge fucking deal if that happens at home you know if that if i'm sitting at home and that door all of a sudden starts moving i'm going to ship myself and run out of the house and it tries that's why it's great about the fan footage thing is it really plays on it because it's giving you this this is real this is someone's actual house well, i think it, i think it changed the game yeah like remember after watching the blair witch and for some reason we just went like where do we go we go home no let's go drive up to dublin mountains great fucking idea you like, have just terrifying <laughs> just absolutely terrifying nothing was kind of the same after that again because you know you see halloween and, and these kind of slasher movies there's that um disconnect from the you know it's just not as i guess quote unquote believable as the blair witch and stuff like that i mean but for me like um as Phil knows, I'm a complete wimp, like I'm a, a baby in terms of horror games and video games. Any excuse to not go see a horror movie is perfect for me. And when I kind of bounced off them after, I think like Scream was probably the last proper one. I think I saw it like nine times. I'm not really into jump scare slasher kind of stuff, but that kind of horror comedy thing, I really, uh, really loved. And for movie nerds, it's such a geeky one as well. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it's just, it's so yeah. tuned in. It's such a like meta before meta was yeah. a thing. But um, I remember, like, uh, I think the second movie I ever saw, ever, I think, was Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, my first movie was E.T., 
bawling my eyes out on the couch and the next movie was Nightmare on Elm Street so and thank my brother for that exactly oh Freddie oh my god um but yeah no, I just, just I think it's about six you know and that that opening scene for me just with the girl and the roof and on the ceiling and just writhing around in pain it just it was and the gallons of blood and oh my god it just kind of changed things but it was always for me like horror it was you know it's uh it's what's in the cupboard or what's under the bed but uh what freddy krueger and that movie kind of changed for me was it's johnny depp's uh death scene that like when once he's lying in the bed it's not what's under the bed or what's in the cupboard it's the hand coming through the bed and pulls him into the bed and that just after that i was kind of never the same you know and i think i would gravitate like you know you guys love all aspects of horror but for me it's kind of more sci-fi horror that i would i would be drawn towards with the fly and alien the thing and event horizon and stuff like that those i just absolutely love those movies but yeah i've seen about what th- three horror movies in the cinema in about 10 years hereditary was the last movie i saw in the cinema before this movie we're going to talk about today which i don't think really is a horror movie but hereditary was yeah that was when when but that was what like uh, four years ago five years ago pre-pandemic 2017 2018 but that movie like I, I, as torturous as, as it was to watch being a like a total baby horror baby like um that uh, the the lack of jump scares is the thing that i like i mean i i know you're saying like some jump scares are great like in scream or something like that where they really play on it but you know from my point of view you can um you can just hide outside uh, the bathroom as your wife comes out and just scare her and it's just it's very easy to kind of to, <laughs> but you but, yeah, but you can keep doing that every day and it'll always be like terrifying but something like hereditary where it it's just also you're waiting for the jump scare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't do it today didn't do it, yeah but um that that where you're those movies where you're waiting for the jump scare to alleviate the tension and they don't give it to you that's the kind of shit that i love i've um, i have a friend claire who i absolutely like i love going to see horror films in the cinema with her because I have never heard someone have louder reactions to jump scares. We went to see it and she like, she actually had the whole of the cinema pissing themselves laughing every time. <laughs> she, and, and sometimes she, she'll like, she'll call a jump scare when nothing's happening, you know? Like, so she, she's actually doing the work. She's doing the Lord's work of releasing the tension in the room <laughs> for everybody else. So you can kind of like, you can kind of almost by proxy, um, not be afraid because her reactions are so ridiculous. It's great crack. I see, and I, I know what you're saying, Daz, that they can be done and they are cheap, and I get that as well. I, I think for me, maybe it's because I've seen so many of these movies that, like, I find myself in the cinema and something comes up on the screen, and I hear the people behind me go, oh, or screaming or shit, and I just I feel nothing. I'm empty inside. All right, so it's because I've watched so many, I'm desensitized. Yeah, that was my so yeah, like... when I get a good jump scare, if it's done well, I'm and that makes me fucking jump. I'm like, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Deadly. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Does, does that make it? Yeah. You must appreciate good horror. Yeah, a lot more than like like what what about gore and stuff like that? Does it? Are you desensitized in the same way? Or yeah, I, I don't I don't really care so much for the. You know, there yeah. was that torture porn yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, it, when it first came out, you're hostile and your stuff when it first came out. I thought, oh, wow. You know, there's so much practical play. It's kind of gross. And I, and I enjoyed it because it was, it had, there wasn't anything in mainstream mm. that was that gory for a while. And so when it first, the first things came out, I was like, oh, 
actually that's kind of cool they put a lot of they put a lot of effort into the practical effects but then it just became you know like the saw movies that went on it's just what are more and more gross ways we don't even have to tell a story anymore let's just do the grossest way we can possibly kill somebody and that just that, that i don't i don't find that entertaining there's nothing scary about it there's nothing clever yeah. about it yeah that, that i just that's for me that's the lowest really rung of, of the ladder at the moment is that is torture not like stuff. final destination where like the ways they killed people were genuinely so clever like they would come up with yeah. like increasingly i mean absolutely wild and completely bonkers like and i i'm you know i'm i'm sure there are people all over the world who have various anxieties and phobias now based on something they've seen in a Final Destination film. Like, I will not drive behind a truck that has logs on it. Oh, with, with logs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. no, fuck that, yeah. <laughs> and I've never so been in a padding bed, so there you go. <laughs> I never fucking will be. I think the same about laser eye surgery. Laser eye surgery, I was like, you know what? It's just as well I like my glasses so much because... <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't like knock me out or do something. I can't. I couldn't sit there and make sure nobody's touching the goddamn laser. I'm sure. I'm not even sure if that's true that that could actually happen. But it, it has to be. You're one getting the fucking laser to her. To her oh my god. Sure. Um. Yeah. Like she doesn't die from it. I think she. I think does she end up falling? She ends up falling out a window or something. This. She doesn't actually die from the laser. She makes it out of the machine and then falls through the. And then falls through a window, I think, I, instead. I, I wonder, did, did Big Laser come after them? Um, <laughs> and they had to change your death. I, I like those movies. I like that they they kind of, they kind of tied them together as well. I think, like, one of them, like, Final Fantasy, fucking start set, Final Fantasy, I think in a video yeah, game yeah. again. Final, um, Final Destination, must have been six or seven. They kind of tie it back into the first I, one again, that they're on the same plane, the blah, blah. But yeah, that, I I I enjoy I enjoyed the first one. I mean, Tony Todd mm. and what's her face, um, Ali oh, Ali something. Is that so many of those Ali films? Larger? Like I Ali Larger, can't yeah, remember yeah, the, one, the yeah. specific cast of each one. Oh, I, I, it was and Stifler, whatever his name, he <laughs> yeah. was in it as well. I think. Um, yeah, I like I like the first one. I suppose, yeah, that that's that's it's good to get that kind of background and what everybody thinks of. Absolutely, where we're coming from, you know, and uh, and where we're coming from, where it's all going to converge in a, this masterpiece of a movie. So, uh, <laughs> where do we even start with this fucking movie? Um, first, I'll give just a brief synopsis, like a, a, a very quick synopsis, to just in case listeners want to uh, uh, who haven't seen it and don't mind being spoiled. Uh, yeah, might as well spoil. Uh, might as well say spoiler warning time. Uh, we'll be dissecting every ridiculous element of this movie. But if you haven't seen the movie, I don't really think there's anything to spoil. It's not very good. You probably shouldn't waste your money time seeing it. You should listen to this and then see it. Um, I guess unless you're a fan of the games, maybe you might get some excitement seeing these robots in cinematic form. I mean, I haven't actually played the games. Phil, you've, you've played the games, have you? No, like I, I, I had done a bit of research into because any video game comes out. I'm like, yeah, you know, especially horror. But the first one had passed me by and then I started when well, the second one came out, I was like, Oh look, I'll check the reviews and see if it's worth watching. If it's worth 10 years out. ago. Right. It's so, like the first one has a 2014, I think was the first one, um, but it has a Metacritic rating of 78, not, not too right. bad, but each one after that is in the fifties somewhere oh, wow, okay. for this, this game seems to have spawned more merchandise than anything yeah. else. Like I know that kids and other people will buy the Funko pops or would have the posters or the teddies. It might explain why kids were in the cinema 
you know, despite never not having played the game, I know my my cousin's kids have toys from like Among Us. They've never played Among Us. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. it's out there in popular it culture. A thing, yeah. And that's why. So I think so I think it has more of a following, you know, just as big a following outside the game as it does people who actually play the thing. Um but I, I hadn't played it and today I thought, you know what, I'll sit down, oh, wow. I'll give it a go. And I I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, <laughs> oh I'm just I just I just finished fucking Spider Man and I was like, oh, do I really want to? Yeah. Do I really want to get into this fucking piece of shit? It's like, no. Look, sitting through the movie was enough. Was bad enough. I, I'm not going to put myself through any more than that. That's a good point, though. Yeah. Like about the merchandise. Like, I wonder how many of those parents who brought their kids to see it actually knew what the backstory what was. What it was. Yeah. And quite quite an amount of backstory. Like there's a teddy bear in a poster. Yeah. You know? you Ignore know? the knife in the teddy bear's hand. Just it's a teddy bear. Fun fact: We had to ban among us in our family because my dad oh, really? killed his grandson in a game <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> excellent so oh my god <laughs> Gillian was about four at the time <laughs> I'm shocking uh, anyway <laughs> that's fucking <laughs> I mean I think Amazing. you know where my, my love of dark humour came from <laughs> okay so uh yeah brief synopsis then f- uh five nights at freddy's is yes yeah, a movie adaptation of the game we were, uh, phil was just talking about where i think you play you play as a security guard in it in a themed uh restaurant that features violent animatronic creatures and all that shit and it's about trying to survive and the movie uh, which was directed by emma tammy uh, i think she directed some lower budget horror stuff um she also co-writes it with the game didn't you say phil that the game creator is co-writer as well yeah i'm pretty I sure the, the game three creator of them was one of my, might have helped on the screenplay maybe yeah, yeah. which actually shows that this this movie was kind of because the game creator is was co-writing that this is exactly what they were going for this is what they would this wasn't one of those you know video game uh, to movie adaptations where there's studio involvement and they go completely fucking arse ways or something like this is actually what they wanted to do which is quite alarming um but yeah the the game apparently has quite a lot of um backing and and support which is translating to the movie because someone was saying online actually it's it's tracking to make 50 million opening weekend in america which is like holy wow. shit like uh, but um was a tree of us all went to see the cinema yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit upset that I've contributed to the movie he's going to make. But yeah, so the movie follows our hero, Mike, who is pretty down his luck. He's been fired from, I think, a number of jobs and reluctantly takes a job as security card uh, for the graveyard shift in the titular Freddy's, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, is it called? Which is um, an abandoned team restaurant from the the 80s. This movie takes place in the 90s. Uh, Mike is also obsessed with lucid dreaming and trying to uh, use dreams to remember clues about a traumatic event in his past when his younger brother was abducted um, during a family picnic or something more about that fucking madness later. Uh, Mike also has a younger sister, Abby, who's been raising since his mother died and something happened to his father. He didn't really say. And the movie quickly delves into absolute madness as Mike realizes the robots in Freddy's are alive or they're possessed by ghosts, um, and which he doesn't really give a shit about for some reason. And with the help of a local cop, a really bad cop, uh, Mike and his sister fight to learn what's going on and uncover the horrific history of 
Freddy's and its evil owner, and I'm boring myself talking about it. So before we get into the weeds of this <laughs> film, um, let's start with D. What what are your initial initial thoughts when you uh, when you finished up and the lights went up? Were you still there? <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out of the cinema to text you guys and just go, well, that was absolutely bananas. What have I just witnessed? Um, like, I, I kind of weirdly enjoyed the bonkers nature of it. Like, and and, and more so because I knew we were going to be talking about it because, you know, it's like a really, really bad date. You're like, oh, well, at least this will make a good story, you know? Um, but like, it was... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, sorry, you, you were saying there about how the, the director and the game creator kind of wrote the script together. Yeah. That actually makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me now because I feel like there was two dramatically different films happening on screen oh, at the same time. So one was very much the lore of Freddy Fazbear's and everything happening there. And then there was a kind of like 80s, you know, is it it? Is it Freddy Krueger inhabiting dreams? You know, much more of a ghost story happening separately. It like are are sorry are the are the robots haunted in the game or was that? I don't know if they're actually haunted. They're just they're just evil animatronic robots. I don't know. If, I don't know if ghosts are, are mentioned or. It just seems so wildly unnecessary if you have giant yeah animatronic robots that have gotten loose and are hell-bent on killing everyone like why the need why the need to have them inhabited by dead children like need to be getting on with and that's why i i do feel like maybe <laughs> he he wanted to do much more of the game understandably because mm. it's his game and then she had this whole other vision Listen, that's me, just me speculating, but it's the only way. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and they and they were in a meeting, and they went, "Oh my god, let's just make, let's just put them together." Yeah, and make, you yeah. Know, or or some, that'll, some, that'll work. some third person who was a mediator was just like, "Look, just do yeah. do both, do both. Just please stop talking about it. Do both." Because you can see, like, in some of the scenes kind of get to later that you can see her. Um, uh, sorry, uh, the director that she she directs some scenes quite quite well and they're, they're scenes that belong in in a different movie um like a movie like a movie that maybe was just situated just in freddy's and someone's fucking stuck there and you just play out take 25 minutes off the runtime and just play that movie and just up the rating to 18s and that'll be a lot more fun like well i, I put that in my note in my notes actually that this you could have taken out so much of it just had ask security guard don't give him the backstory he asks to buy the five nights you don't even need to know why they're you know why they're inhabited by fucking mm. ghosts anything and it becomes an episode of guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities yeah. you could knock this out one of the like in one of his episodes like 45 minutes is all you need to tell this story of some security guard trying to do his five nights and you just have a screen comes up you know night one yeah. night two you know each time it comes up and you just see him and each night gets progressively more fucking nuts mm. and he has to try and survive those five nights 45 minutes. You could even done. have yeah. his daughter or no, his sister going with him on one of those nights because he couldn't get a babysitter. Like the plenty. Like that's fine. You couldn't get a babysitter. Yeah. Done. We don't have to have this mental subplot with a evil aunt 
Oh, but then, then I wouldn't, then I wouldn't have gotten to see that lawyer because I <laughs> love that lawyer. He was only in it for about fucking three minutes, and I was like, "This guy is the best part of this movie." <laughs> he's just, his movie. fucking facial expression, his reactions. He was just when they're sitting around the diner, and he's like, "I'm not supposed to be here. I can't hear this." And it was just his panic. He has two like, lines. Okay, you, yeah, you, you were worth the ticket. That guy mate. who accidentally got interviewed on BBC about some like tech yeah. story, like, <laughs> and he just waffles on about shy for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was great but like this this like from the very start i i, I like i i haven't seen your man josh hutcherson isn't it um in anything since um that uh katniss everdeen that stuff hunger games that's where he's from so i yeah. haven't seen him he was yeah he for me he looks like i think he just looks like james can he looks like a young james can every time i see him i'm like if they ever make a james can movie that's him um but like straight away you just gotta love him. He just looks like this poor disheveled bloke. You see his toes sticking out of his fucking sock but and all like, the rest of it. No one would leave there. Like it was blood supply was being cut off. Like that that toe thing actually really annoyed <laughs> me. <It was> just... <laughs> yeah, fuck your jump scares. That was enough. Like, I I like uh, that the, the when he kind of goes in like because obviously he gets he goes in to see Matthew Lillard. Um, and what a coincidence that you know this. Like they, they meant like Matthew Lillard is like he's probably one of the first build on the oak, and he's just you only see him as the guy handing out the job. How can you not? How can anybody in the right mind go? Oh well, obviously going to be a bad guy of some kind. Like also, he just happens to be the career guidance he's guy. Chewing up the scenery with the cartoon, but he doesn't need to deliver a line. Like he delivers a line. Oh, he delivers stop. a line where um we'll set this up in a second. Oh, don't ruin it now. This is towards the end. Uh, no, this is in, oh, in, don't in, ruin the, it. in the scene. Well, <laughs> uh, let's set the scene first. Like we're. We have our opening scene, you know, the 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 kind of cut and paste horror pre credit sequence, and the previous guy is, is succumbs to a torturous demise or whatever. And then we get, uh, for me, it's the best part of the movie, which is the opening credits. I thought they were fucking brilliant, like old retro eight eight bit pixelated kind of graphics and really cool catchy tune. And they belonged at the beginning, you know, they belonged in a far greater movie. And that the movie never never got close to those heights again as the credits, which is. That opening scene was, I felt, like the the best sustained sort of horror that happened. So, like, big shout out to the woman who left with her daughter after that scene because that child is going to have lingering memories of a much scarier film that never followed. <laughs> like, they could stick around for 10 minutes, love. Like, there's always a comedic <laughs> relief. Like, if you never watched it, yeah. Oh, I think the dude. I th- I think later when the guy gets chopped in half, like that was that was when your one left with her kid. Like it was a, it was a good bit into it. She she sat there with her. I'm gonna say to- I'm gonna say toddler. She sat there with that toddler. About fucking four, and, yeah, three or four. Like I'm gonna assume she bought those tickets online because if she walked up with that kid to the ticket person and said, "I I would like two tickets for this," the person who sold them that tickets is wildly irresponsible. Yeah, there was a lot of turning a blind eye to that in in my city. But I, I I I enjoyed that though. I I actually enjoyed that scene, and he's fiddling with the little uh, yoke on his on his wrist to get out. And I was like, oh, he, maybe he will get out of the chair and stuff. And I I thought that was kind of cool. That was actually quite. That was. That's quite the kind of thing scene. I think that she she does well. And there's a, a couple of scenes later on, you know, when Abby's you know trying to get away from that that chica, the yellow um, fucking, or and some of the deaths later on. But she definitely she directs those kind of just smaller self-contained scenes. It's almost like a short film or something that she's doing. But that was um, 
that was good. But then we meet our hero, Mike, who's poor guy. He's, he's a bit down on his luck. He's a security guard in a shopping mall, and he spots uh, a child getting grabbed by a man, and he he straight away goes, "Oh my god!" You know, and runs after the the guy and the kid, and he tackles the guy into a fucking fountain. And beats him to a pulp. And obviously you find out that that was the boy's father and silly Mike. Um, but it did look kind of like the, the guy was grabbing fucking grabbing the kid. Like, you know, but anyway. But then we are introduced to Matthew Hillary. He was just, yeah. A, yeah, just a shit parent. Yeah, just really bad parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no need to beat the fucking snot out of him, you know. Uh, there was no sense of proportion there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then we meet Matthew Hillard's character, the guidance counselor, who like uh, tells Mike, you know, um, about this this job it was like shittier uh, shitty hours shittier pay or something like that at the closed arcade but this is, he delivers <laughs> this line where he's like telling about the history of how it was closed and the owner just didn't want it to close and just says it like obviously that's him you know <laughs> just, yeah, he might as well be looking down the camera right at you and going it's me bitches that's why when later on when they play that up as a reveal it's like what yeah the- like a bit of an old LinkedIn profile on Matthew Lillard's character's like career here because to my mind he's gone from owning a pizzeria, um, developing groundbreaking animatronics. Yeah. Unbelievable. I wrote that as well. <laughs> yeah. They're to, astonishing. To like kidnap and murder children in just the right way that like they end up haunting groundbreaking animatronics and now he's working as a career guidance counselor like and he's feeding in like he's feeding security guards into this thing obviously because your one says they don't last because she's he's feeding them in and they're getting killed because they're not lasting the full five yeah. nights at freddy's and they're getting so he's are they not people that go listen mate there's a connection here each time you send someone that comes in to you see a job they keep <laughs> getting after, killed after, yeah, after they go there, and or... work in the place that you used to run and still own yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact, yeah, exactly. you're not actually getting jobs for anyone anywhere that isn't this place. I'm a bit suspicious. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I wouldn't imagine he's very many endorsements on LinkedIn anyway. No. Oh, no 100%. Anyway. And, and, and like, what else is he doing? Is he, is he getting jobs? If someone comes in and goes, I don't want a security job. I've actually got loads of qualifications. Is he like, ugh. Not another one of you fucking pricks wasting my time, you tech bros. Do you think up. he preys on security guards who, who lack a sense of proportion and beat people up? Maybe. Yeah. Angry. Yeah, issues. but how? Like how? Anyway. They must be. They must be difficult to find. I'm sure. You know, heavy-handed security guards. <laughs> it's just I, like for me now, that 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 I, I, like it. It doesn't even begin to hit on the amount of plot holes this film has like right yeah, there like oh i like i i am so excited i cannot wait till we start talking about it the cop like that she, every scene she is in is fucking bananas like yeah we're not no that she's gonna need a whole seven podcast <laughs> just on her though like, i i feel like if she changed her clothes more in the film you would have an absolutely smashing show reel for that actress because she seemed to be playing a different fucking character in a different <laughs> film every time she appeared on screen. Yeah. Like she has she has to be psychotic. Like she's the one who says to him that they don't last here. They don't last so she knows she knows at this point with that 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 these guys are getting killed. She is helping helping these people 
get in there, get stay in the other jobs and get them feeding her dad's psychotic homicidal tendencies. And she is <laughs> but then when he comes in and she turns the music on, she's like, You wanna dance? You wanna fucking dance? Are you fucking nuts? Like, she is mental. Mental. Oh, I love her. But uh, yeah. <laughs> she's fucking brilliant. But like okay, so yeah, Matthew Hillard offers him the job. He says no. No thanks, whatever. Um and then we're we're kind of introduced to his his uh his dreams and he's reading this book Sleep Theory that uh, you know gives him lucid powers to to go in and choose the exact dream he wants to dream every night, which is I love that they they spend thirty seconds setting that up with his other security guide mate. This is going to explain away all the reasons that he has these mental dreams. He's been reading this book and that's going to have to be enough yeah. for you. But the thing is, like, does he say he says he can? He's choosing to have a certain memory because. We everything we see we remember, so it's in there somewhere, and he's going to re- remember it t- through a dream because that is going to give him the specific answers because he's going to see something that he saw in the dream, which apparently is real. But every time he's in the dream, it's a fucking different dream. It keeps ch- keeps changing. It's a continuation, it's like though. A story. Have you ever woken up for a dream and you're like, God, I wish I could go back to sleep and fall back into that same dream when I was fucking Batman or whatever? And it, it doesn't happen. You can't fall back to sleep into the same dream as much as you want it to happen. This guy is a continuation. He arrives back in and he's going to the kids. So listen, don't run off this time, all right? Like, felt like <laughs> you did fair, in the last dream. <laughs> he's read Sleep Theory. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah and I haven't, so. Mm. If I read Sleep Theory, maybe I'll have many. Maybe awesome we're the films. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. but his dreams, like his, like his dreams, as you mentioned, like in his dreams, he he's able to get hurt. He gets hurt in one of his dreams. He gets cut, and it's just full on, like fucking like you just said, Nightmare on Elm Street cut. He gets, and he's just like, oh, I just got cut. It's fucking weird. When she, he doesn't even notice. She points it out to me. I was bleeding. He's like, Jesus, I didn't even notice that because I got cut in my dream. Doesn't doesn't pitch. He doesn't even go. Hang on a second. How is this here? This happened in my dream. Doesn't nothing at all. Just Mike what? doesn't give a shit about anything in the world other than his sister. Apparently, like it's just all these supernatural things. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm cut. I wonder what that cuts for. I was just asleep. What the fuck? Is but also, like that, then never becomes a high stakes. Like that's a pretty big deal if you're getting cut. It's yeah, that's that's never fall asleep yeah. against stuff. That's like again, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's I'm not going to fall asleep. I don't want to get killed. It's a whole other like it's more terrifying than the robots. That and just like you know, oh yeah. But um, you can run away from the robots. You can't dodge sleep for that long. Like. Yeah, but also we we need to tackle uh, before Mike t- eventually takes a job. He's at home and he receives a letter informing him that evil auntie. I don't know if she has a name, but she is contesting uh, Mike's custody of his sister. Um, who's looking after him. So Mike realizes he needs a job, so he's change of heart, goes back to Hillard and just goes, yes, I'll take the job, blah, blah, blah. Then things kick into gear, big time. <laughs> At this point... But she hires, isn't he? She she hires yeah. somebody. She hires like a, a guy and a girl to try and get him fired because if he's found out to be like a deadbeat working in the thing, that's the, that's the evil auntie's plan, then she'll get custody of the kid. Because there is another character, I think there's like seven characters in this whole movie, um, Max, who's the babysitter, she's the babysitter, and she, the auntie is, yeah, is, has hired her and a couple of friends to try and, or she initially hired Max to be the babysitter, I don't know how that works, to try and find some incriminating stuff on Mike to try and, you know, so she can win the custody battle or whatever. But this, at this point, you're kind of going, right, this movie is pretty fucking weird. It's not 
rubbish, but it's like, eh, this is, you know, Matthew Hiller is a bit of fun, you know. Josh, uh, he's just taking it far too seriously. It's just quite ridiculous. Um, but the evil auntie, yeah, she paid the others to try. <laughs> Has she got a name or we just call her evil auntie? Well, Mary Stuart Masterson. Like, how did you what find was her? Yeah, it's Mary Stuart Masterson, but what, was it Jane? Yeah, I think you might remember. Then, yeah, he takes a job and he falls asleep in, in Freddy's and we're back to the dream again. This is the time when he's he sees his brother being taken away again. He turns and he sees loads of fucking creepy kids standing there who run away and he chases one of them and that's when one of them scratches his hand and then then he wakes up with the sound of Vanessa arriving, our fucking cop. And uh, yeah, uh, do you want to tell us a bit more about her, Phil? As I said, it's the minute she comes into it, like she's she, she comes up, she has, first of all, she has no partner. At any stage in it, does she have another cop with her? You know, she doesn't talk about a partner. She doesn't. We don't see another cop. Her radio makes a noise as if there's a call going Is on. She even doesn't say, you know, all officers to hear. It just yeah, it just yeah. makes it. Rah, rah, rah. Like, you don't know she's a police officer, but she does at one point later on. You know, because I was like, oh, I wonder is she a cop or is she just there? Did she just get herself a cop car or something on those lines? But <laughs> at one point, he when she does, it's towards the end, and she gives him a loan of the cop car inexplicably. <laughs> But before that, she's like, oh, this is this is a police bunker where we keep all this stuff. And there was a load of police right okay, here. Okay, so she probably here. is a cop. That's where she gets the electrical cattle problem. Or she murdered like, a cop or something. Um, so she mentions it there. But yeah, but she, she does, apart from the time she shows up there, she doesn't seem to be doing police work. She was able to hang out and build blanket forts. She was <laughs> hanging out down by the river with him, talking to him about his feelings and his medication and stuff. And like... When she first goes into the, she shows up and sees the cut on his hand. That's when she knocks the door mm. and she's like, here, you're bleeding. There's a cut in your hand. Let's go in and get that bandaged up. And then she starts yapping away and she goes, have you met them yet? And he's like, met who? And he's like, oh, I'll show you now. And she's going to go in and show him all the animatronics. And so the music comes on, the music starts. She's like, you want to dance? Like, you're a fucking police officer. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, why, you just, why are you just here? You wanted in and met this why are you here? Dude. Why are you flirting with And first of all, this makes her... And it makes it even more psychotic because she knows he's yet another one in the long line of security guards that her dad has killed. And she's going in happy as Larry, like, let's go have a dance. Have you met the dad? You know he's about to die, you mad psychotic bitch. <laughs> Maybe that's nuts. part of what she does, though. Like, that she tries to give them one one last moment of joy. <laughs> well, then shag him. Shag him. Oh, come on. The dance was definitely alluding to some potential. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh just missed. Oh, well, then there, he's like, just you know. fucking, then he's just taking yeah. So then, I get yeah. Following on from from that, the, uh, the evil auntie uh, when she gets the babysitter and her friends to break in, and this is probably the best scene in the movie for me. Um, they break in, and well, some of the best parts of the movie. The guys break in, trash the place, and uh, one guy just gets gloriously murdered by a fucking cupcake. And I think that's the best thing I saw yesterday in my life. <laughs> one of the best things. Just like I want that cupcake it was just it was really nicely paced and edited and it was just it was kind of fun horror you know it's just it was the tone was perfect there for that and the other two guys uh meet a similar fate and that's those scenes are quite good yeah you know, they're, 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 yeah it's quite nice and then obviously then max the babysitter is outside and she gets worried about her friends and she goes in and that's when i can't remember she like she sees she sees the little boy. She gets sliced in half, yeah? Yeah, she gets bitten in half by, I think, wasn't it? She gets goes to the, she goes right up to the mount. She go, For some unbelievable reason, she goes climbing up on the ladder. To look in the, right the mouth of the, the, uh, of the thing. Yeah. But she sees the kid, thing. and the kid, she follows the kid, and then, obviously, d- down into a, a storage room or something, sees the bear, and 
uh, at this point you're just going what, what like that she says the, the kid is one of the kids from uh, Mike's dream and you're like okay where are they going with this fucking mad shit but yeah she she uh, looks into the the head of the fucking bear or whatever it is hand comes out pulls her kind of halfway in she just gets sliced in half and that's fantastic and that's straight away where they, where they got their 15s rating but um what did you think about those those scenes and those death scenes in terms of uh, I, like they were they were cool I mean you don't you don't get to see your man that goes into the closet it's kind of like to show the hand like yeah, the yeah, Titanic yeah. on the glass kind yeah. of hand of blood but like the 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 scenes were pretty cool I liked that 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 was a funny one with the cupcake your one getting chopped in half was cool um but I suppose it's it's the it's, they're not overly graphic I say as you said if they had gone more with it they probably would have been up to a 16s rating I quite liked how, how she did that though like I thought it was very that that's one aspect of the film that I thought it did do well was the suggestion of really extreme gore yeah, without stuff, actually like, yeah. showing it to you, which let's face it, is all the scarier. Yeah, and, and following for following on from this was like, with like that part was was even more shows that the daughter, the cop, is even more psychotic than Matthew <laughs> Lillier because he at this point when the place was getting smashed up, the first thing I thought was well, this is during the day. He's a security guard at night. Why would he get fired for someone smashing his shit up when he's not even there on duty? But then she comes up and she goes, oh, you left the place unlocked. When she didn't, you see him locking it. And then he goes back. But she, but of course, he's been taking his sleeping tablets and he's out of it. So she goes back and tells him. So she's, again, she's te- she's an absolute, so she's trying to keep him on, on the hook saying, you know, I could go. And, you know, if I was to tell people you could get fired and da, 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 you know, you're on these tablets. Like, she's a fucking psycho. The fact that they tried to make her come off as good it's just mental. Um, but yeah, sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit there again. Dad. Oh, no, yeah, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty, um, it's just pretty great sequence, like those deaths and stuff. Yeah, I thought they were just directed quite well. Um, yeah, and then Vanessa, yeah, she's telling him that, uh, yeah, that he forgot to lock the door. And she's just, yeah, as you're saying, Phil, she's been a bit of a fucking psychotic uh, weirdo. Um but now, since Max the babysitter is dead, the next night Mike has to take Abby to Freddy's with him, um, and well, yeah, Mike cleans the place up, and Abby goes to sleep in a in a tent beside Mike, who is now asleep. Also, Abby wakes up and hears somebody calling her name, and goes looking around, and Mike hears Abby screaming in his dream. And this is where. It, at, at this point, is she already seeing these ghosts? Because she's been doing drawings. That's my she next tells point. Like, my, Mike, at, early on in the movie, she's like, friends. don't sit on my yeah. friend, my friend who's like imaginary. So is she seeing these ghosts before you find out that they're ghosts at Freddy's, before Mike gets involved? Like, who are her also, imaginary friends? Like, I, know, I know she's a kid, but like, don't be a dick. Like, if your family has been literally destroyed <laughs> because your brother went missing on a camping trip, insisting that you'll only sleep in a tent is not cool yeah dick move dick uh, i think the kid that plays her is great i have to say she was one of my favorite things yeah she was good oh her. no I, yeah i mean i was annoying because she kept fucking causing issues but like yeah as i said to that you know she acted it very well i thought she was great she's cute as a button and just she was very really good but again was she seeing them fuckers ghosts because she was at the very start of the movie she's drawn pictures she mentions that there's a uh what's it called invisible friend in yeah. the room who calls mike an yeah. idiot and all this stuff and then she goes in she's talking about how her friends are here and then he goes are these and then he makes the connection oh are these ghosts that are inhabiting these robots like but if that's the case then why weren't they, like why 
why did we why did he have to be tricked into working as a security guard there why couldn't they have just gotten her to go oh i don't know like the, the i don't get that at all like he because he wakes up and he hears screaming and he hears oh my god something's yeah. wrong he goes out and she's having the crack with them they're yeah. out and she's playing dancing with them and, and stuff all, and it's cool they think she's the business they're half dancing around the place and all the rest of it but like, and then she says, oh, you know, we find it. Oh, he's, are these the ghosts that are inhabiting these children or whatever? And she's like, yeah, these are, these are my friends. Like, again, if, how, 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 is it just a coincidence that these are connected? That she happens to see these ghosts and it just happens to her brother's security guard. And he just happens to be going looking for a job where Matthew Lillard is the, the career uh, guidance guy. Like, maybe he's her child psychiatrist as well. Like. Oh, he's he's probably spinning a lot of plates. Yeah, he seems like he's spinning a lot of plates. All right, yeah. but the fact that like the, the tie-in with the when she mentions friends at the start, and then she says my friends here, and you know she's been drawing these these fucking uh, animatronic fucking animals. But is she would she not have been seeing the ghosts of the? Would she not just be drawing the the kids and not the animals yeah. then? But she does. She draws the kids. She draws the kids at one point. Remember, because he finds that picture and it's got the kid with the little top hat and all the rest of it. That's where he finds it. And goes, okay. Where did you get this picture? So the kids have also told her about, because she draws a picture of his little brother getting taken that's away. That's the thing, yeah. That's when he's just like, look at what? So the kids have told her that's what happened. That's how she knew to draw yeah, okay, that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering. If, what are those kids, those invisible kids that she calls her friends, are they, are they the same original kids original invisible friends from early on in the movie or is this a different set of invisible friends and she's just got shit loads of also friends, like I don't know. are are there just other ghosts wandering around that she sees and are like or is this a world where like ghosts just like randomly inhabit like iphones and 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 technology like because <laughs> i'm not like yeah and do the animatronics only work if there is like a ghost in it yeah like if they're animatronics that just because he says in in the in the what because he goes when he starts being security guard they give him this instructional video and it tells it says oh your man who invented mm. them for some reason they don't mention his name or show him in the thing they just say our owner or our yeah. founder and they say he was mad into you know animatronics he does this and they're able to have unlimited battery power are able to go around and chat to people so they were as robots able to get up and do yeah. limited walking around but they must have just been right. But if he was able to do that, this man should be a fucking ma- yeah. <laughs> but she did make like a creepy comment about the pri- proprietary technology. And I was like, oh, interesting. That's going to go somewhere. Nope. <laughs> nope. You can't just say technology is proprietary and that's anything can happen. And then just leave it at that. Yeah. But like they put it, they put, you know, a lot of animatronics at these places. What the, I suppose America have them Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. They're famous for you go when you have your whatever animatronic band on stage, you know, Simpsons and all these places take the piss out of them. And that's, but they're on stage. They're, they're, they're bolted into the ground and they just move a certain direction. I thought that's what they were, but then, then they come to life. But no, these are apparently fully functioning robots that could already get up and wander around, but they just, you know, again, were quite basic and didn't kill people. And that, that's, that's one of the thing. That's one of the thing about the, the, about the robots that, um, like they're so slow like the like when whenever there's like when they're dancing with the with abby and stuff it's great and some of the scenes before where they're killing people it's 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 directed well it's it's kind of it's put together well because you know oh someone goes into a room and then you know turns around and the bear's there 
but the only thing like they never like when you see them moving like you could just run away from them it's very easy unless the fucking cupcake is after you which is like jesus christ you're gonna run for your life like you're dead if you see that thing but i just thought that kind of yeah yeah the, the most harmful thing they think the most harmful thing they seem to be doing is a lot of squinting <laughs> the eyes narrow on the robots alone it's very soft you know they're gonna be up to something because they look at you and the eyes narrow and they keep using that over and over again they go oh it must be in business now look at those eyes narrowing did they sometimes go from blue to red Oh, yeah, yeah. They Which, did, like, yeah, yeah. better tell. Better off. If you're going to move that slowly, <laughs> not letting people know keep your that eyes, you're intent. Yeah. yeah. Keep your eyes blue. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think it's, is it the fourth night or is it the fourth or fifth night that they're there? Um, they're in Freddy's and it's Abby and Vanessa, crazy cop. And they, yeah, as you were saying earlier, Phil, they, they start making a base, you know, a little fort together and they kind of, the ro- yeah, the robots. They're with with the robots. Like it's it's all it's like se- it's seven or eight of them hanging out together. They're doing that thing where they all lie down on the ground like stars out, and the cameras above. Everybody's sitting down, having like cl- watching the clouds kind Fucking of thing. Mental scenes. And they're all just happy as Larry. Like, like why is Josh Hutcherson, who's playing it so straight and so serious, like he's not nuts like the cop, and he's not a child who lives in the clouds. He is a normal, super serious dude, and he's just like, yep, yeah, this seems also, pretty grand, like, like you know. He's so upset, obviously, understandably, about his brother being kidnapped, right? Mm-hmm. Has it occurred to you to maybe contact the families of these possessed robot children to let them know? <laughs> you know, maybe they'd like to come and build a fort with little Anna or Billy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they can't because all, all, all those dads were all security guards and they're all dead. They're all fucking Nobody dead. Nobody <laughs> suggests that maybe we should tie up, you know, let people know we know where their kids are now inside these things, physically and temporally. <laughs> but that's where the kind of uh, the, the mashing together of all these different kind of movies comes together, where it's, even though the runtime is, it's what, one hour 50, it's still, there's so much smashed into this movie that there's not enough time for any scenes where people just comment about what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, this was like, this that. was like it from an 80s yeah. movie. Like a, a, this was straight up yeah. 80s movie stuff, building the fort, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a montage of fucking thing. And it's just, it's it's so, so cheesy and just such a departure from what was going on. Like what, why is Evan, we just, I mean, it's step away from a second and look at it. Like it's a straight laced or fucking serious security guard, a police officer. And you're lying there with these animatronic robots. And in this world, it's not a world where ghosts just happen to be out and everybody knows about mm. ghosts. This is, this should be a massive yeah. shock. Yep. to everybody mm. where and it just doesn't really seem but to like, at all as you say you with know? the like it's taken from an 80s movie like there was so many things in this whether like for th- things that you like it was like somebody went on to chat gpt and went what are things that millennials <laughs> are anxious about brilliant okay great what are things that millennials like and then just put them all in uh, yeah yes yeah i uh, yeah i i would i i probably i wouldn't be surprised if the whole script was written by chat gbt because it, it's just it's absolutely bonkers and th- you don't even get i'm, I'm just going to jump ahead yeah. slightly as you don't we you don't the aunt plays such a prominent part at the start she's the one who's causing all the trouble by trying to get you get no closure on what happens to her like she i one i think it's the fourth or fifth night whatever he has to go off and and she is there in the house, supposed to be mine and the child. And the, ro- <laughs> the, ch- the robot shows up at the house. 
to get the child to bring her and it's a robot but she sees a boy to bring her to the and I said to Daz oh how the fuck did he get now all the way to the house by taxi oh, or something joking, <laughs> joking. and then it comes taxi. outside there's a fucking taxi outside there's a fucking taxi outside and then so she gets in first and then this big robot gets in and the cab driver looks around and what does he say he goes oh my goodness like Oh my goodness, you can chop people in half, you can say the word shit. Like it's just fucking use one of your fucks you're allowed to say. If the taxi once. brought him there, why is the taxi shocked? Why is he so scared? Or why is he so shocked? Yeah. Where did he shuffle across? And then why did other people not see it? Also, and again with the kid, really liked the actress, but like, come on, mate. If the giant robot is like getting you to leave and says your aunt is asleep. Is sleeping on the floor, obviously unconscious or dead. Have a look yeah. at the head and see if it's still on love <laughs> <laughs> that felt willful that felt willful yeah yeah that well you know what that'll teach you to try yeah. and take oh, me away absolutely. from my brother you can't you can stay on the ground that's what it felt like but like there's no closure after you don't find out they don't go to her funeral or they don't find out oh she was just unconscious and actually she's decided she doesn't want you at all because she got scared shitless by a fucking eight foot <laughs> robot so she's like no I'm out. I don't want to adopt you anymore. It's not worth it. Is she now wanting the microwave? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, Mike, Mike kind of uh, there's a scene where he's telling Vanessa he, he spills the beans about his dreams and he feels more connected to his brother and Freddy's and all this stuff, and they're obviously building up to some kind of fucking crescendo with the dream shit. But he tells all this stuff to Vanessa. And then she says, oh, maybe you should leave it and you probably shouldn't bring Abby here. And he just snaps and he goes, well, that's none of your fucking business. And it's like, well, you just fucking told her all this shit. It's just told her. fucking her business. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then, then he asks. Well, she is canonically a policewoman. So like, actually. Yeah, just like, yeah, how is it none of your business? business? So don't tell her anything then. It just, you know, oh my God. But then, then he, <laughs> he says, he's, just, he's like, well, oh no, yeah, she, um, you know, he says, why are you so scared? I could see terror in your eyes, you know? And just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what, what, did we miss that scene? Was that cut? What, like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And then Vanessa turns around, she goes fucking crazy. She just goes, if you come back here, I'll fucking kill you. You know, it just, it just dials up to yeah, 11. If I see you, like, you bring her back with your child, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to, if I see you bring Abby back here, like bring the child back here, I'm going to shoot you. And it's like, she, you built a fort <laughs> with this child. You wanted to dance with him in that place. You keep coming to this place with him. It was your idea to go there. You're happy happy as Larry with that kid there and now all of a sudden but if I see her again I'm gonna fucking shoot you where the fuck did this come from you lunatic yeah because there's a there's a, a like a throwaway line later when he's like you know um you knew about this or whatever and Vanessa says she I tried to tell you Mike about this and the kids I tried to tell you all in this my own in way. my own way <laughs> really? that's what you said the way out she goes that's what she meant by do you want to dance <laughs> like that, that that must have been it that's the that must have been it you want to dance wink wink yeah yeah. In other words, what's implied by that is that my dad is a homicidal maniac and I lure people here security guards so they can get killed because these animatronic robots are inhabited by ghosts. And you should have picked up on that, to be honest, mate. And it's your own fault. <laughs> I give you all the fucking clues, man. I fucking, you know, I give you an out. Do I need, um, do I need even these breadcrumbs for you and you're picking, not picking them up? <laughs> spell it out for you. Write it on your fucking arm. Um, but yeah, the next night, uh, the, the kids in the dream like there's ghost kids that appear in Mike's dream. They say they want Abby and in return, Mike can have his perfect dream every night, which uh, yeah, I don't know. And Mike agrees then in the dream. And then, yeah, moment of weakness or I guess they, cause they don't really say it. He just goes, yeah, all right. 
Like just goes, yeah, I'll accept my get live. I'll, I'll get a dream. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept a recurring dream with my mm. brother over the life of my very alive yeah. sister. I'll, that's what I'll Hold take. Hold on, and straight away goes, actually, shit, back home. I, I didn't mean it. And at that case, apparently, just agreeing to it was enough to set in stone that it's all right to go and fucking take his sister and make her. Yeah, so they want to make her one of them so she can be because animated. Because four seconds later, he changes his mind and he chases after the kids and can't see them. And he was like, no, no, you know, that's not what I meant. And they kind of start appearing out of nowhere and flying past him and cutting him again. He gets cut about fucking seven times. And when he wakes up, he's cut to pieces. And still no one has addressed this fucking crazy fact that, like, ghost children in your dreams can hurt you in real life. But, like, we have more pressing matters, you know? But also, like, how come some of the people that get killed end up haunting the animatronics and then some of them are just dead, dead. What's the point yeah. of that? I don't, is it, ju- is it just, the, is it just, is it just the kids? Maybe it's just the kids that get killed in Freddy's that get No, because the cause... security guard at the start, the like face comes on him. Oh, no. I think they. I, I don't. I think they just. I think they just killed him. No? He was killed no, in the room when. Put when... inside one of them. That's what I thought. It looked like a mask with like razors people? and stuff, and said rest of. Why? I don't know where they are. I don't know, maybe it's something only for kids or some shit. I don't know. I'm not sure because yeah, like he does get, and they're trying to do the same thing to Judge Hutchison later I don't on know, with that I... mask on his face I with think the razors. Something that just doesn't yeah. add up there. No. Yeah, I th- that's the one. I'd say that's the one thing that stands out as a bad plot point in this really totally <laughs> succinct and well plotted yeah, shot out two movie points, you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah that doesn't totally make sense and like if you know why wasn't why wasn't one of those why wasn't one of those ghost kids his brother why doesn't one of them come shambling out and doesn't want to kill him and you find out yeah. oh he doesn't want to kill him because he's his brother and that's why he didn't want to kill him and oh, like I, don't, I didn't need that extra plot point to be honest, it's fine, they didn't do it. But like at least then you could have explained why some kids go in there and some don't. So I think maybe it's the kids that are killed in Freddy's and maybe they just killed maybe his brother somewhere else. You know, I don't know yeah. where they killed him. Because he does say, I killed your brother, but he doesn't say, you know, where or What's or the line? It's just like, I killed your brother and now I'm going to kill you. Oh, yeah. Symmetry. Just like, what the fuck yeah, are you talking the, about? What? Who fucking wrote that line? <laughs> Who fucking wrote that line? Oh my god! I did love his <laughs> performance, though. Like it, it like that glitter. Oh, was, so over the top. Yeah, He's amazing. He was having the crack. I would love to have seen so much more of him. Have scenes in between, yeah. like you know, have him, like just show it. Because we 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 know we know from the very start. That he's the bad guy. Yeah. There's fucking nobody. There's barely anybody in this movie. He's the only other person by the end of the movie. He's the only other person in it. Exactly. He's the only person left. We haven't seen him again. Like I said, he's got that mustache twirling mm. stuff when he's talking to him about who owns the place. We Anybody, a child, you know, even if they did get escorted out of the cinema early on, could yeah. put that together. They would know, yeah, he's the bad guy. Why give him such a small amount of screen time when he's just... The most fun. His scenes were fucking hilarious. He was great, like really, really so underutilized. It was criminal. Afford him for a couple of days because they were like they seemed yeah, to exactly, be really yeah. light on 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 budget for actors mm. because Vanessa's yeah, character yeah. should have been four different characters. Hundred percent, genuinely. Like, and I was like, I was literally on Google yesterday trying to find out if there had in fact been a multiple characters amalgamated into hers security guard the original one for for example yeah well if there's if 
if if it's if this movie is based around it must be based around multiple movies pulled into one because i'm pretty sure the first one you're just a security guard i don't even know if you get a name because you're mostly you're just controlling video cameras and you know yeah. emergency doors and you've got a certain amount of power electricity yes we mentioned electricity mm. on the brits is a nod yeah, to yeah. games you only have a certain amount of electricity to use each night so i don't even think you get a backstory of a as you said a bunch of characters rolled into one that they had to do other than those characters actually okay. existed they must maybe they had maybe they wrote four characters for this movie and then went shit we don't have the budget for all these fuckers let's just roll it into one but i don't think they're trying to pull anything in from hey. games now someone who's played the games got home could be listening to this going yeah, shit, screaming at their phone shut up you idiot but i'm pretty sure make sure to like rate and review the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know even tell your friend it's awful but no no such thing as bad publicity <laughs> but um yeah i think like uh, like as 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 much of a train wreck this movie is as it gets past the you know the the six minute mark um the uh the introduction of um of the the yellow bunny um lillard's character was pretty fucking cool like mainly because you know it's it's tensely kind of shot and paced but he can run you know what i mean it just yeah. changes changes everything he, he's he definitely yeah. comes across as like all oh, right this kind of fucking menacing if he if if all of them are are, are yeah it's, it's like yeah because like they show him they show at this like she well she shows him the cop shows him an animatronic one that doesn't work that has these like metal ribs that kind of you know hold the animatronics in and all that shit that's in his suit because towards the end they get stuck into it so he's in one of those anim they even say animatronic Why suits so he just get did he, did he just did he just whip out the robot legs and stick in his own legs instead? And if so, if he wants to be able to run around, why have any of those things? Why have those horrible claw things in there at all if you're just going to wear a suit and run around? Like I, I get it if you if you if you want to make other people dead and haunting these things, but like why when it's your suit would you put in the bit that kills you? Yeah, yeah. Is he just maybe he's just into that? Like. <laughs> like there's no reveal did it all start with like a horrible industrial ac accident where like the suits like <laughs> people wore them and they were half animatronic half like the movement of the people and then that went awry and then he realized that they haunted this like I don't know you know because at the start when there's again the instructional video it's a fully laid out robot there they're working on with a face and everything else they don't there's no mention of you know, oh, there's a bit of room in here to fit a she whole person. She not say you know? that when when he. Well, she says the, like when 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 she, when, she, when she says to him that they're here to keep in the animatronics. She says that those slamming shut rib things. She says are there to keep. But in. when she's when 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 the bad guy is revealed, when uh, Abby reveals, you know, the the bad man is her father or whatever. She did, like delivers like Captain Exposition here delivers the line like he controls them somehow. And that's it. Like, oh, thanks fucking, thanks so much yeah. for clearing that one up. Control, yeah, controls the kids that he's kidnapped somehow. He sticks them, sticks them in these, sticks their bodies in here, turns them into ghost True robot pictures, kids, right? and somehow that, controls like, I mean, them. That was clear. Yeah, oh, just the pictures, the, just oh, the pictures on the, the wall. Pictures, like... Mother of God. <laughs> so yeah, like, we just, yeah, she just skim through all this fucking shit. Right? Like, who? Wait, wait, who stabs him again? Who? But he stabs Vanessa. Who stabs Doc Hutchison. He stabs. Um, oh yeah yeah he stabs okay, his own yeah, daughter yeah, that's it, uh, yeah. because she, she, she was to help him with this whole thing and that's she has her place in this whole thing and she goes no not this time and then he fucking stabs her and tries to kill her 
Um, and then, like, the kid reveals she knows, like, oh, I, I know how to solve this. Give me a fucking piece of paper and a crayon because I'm going to draw this scene. Um, and instead of doing a happy yellow bear controlling kids, I'm going to do an angry yellow bear or yellow fucking bunny rabbit. And I'll stick that up and then all the kids will see it. And that's it. They'll turn on him because, hey, I've, sh- I've shown you the way, guys. And it's just, what the fuck? How unbelievably stupid is, as we've just been talking for the whole episode, is that these kids are able to go into dreams. They're able to tell him what he can do to allow them to take over her. But they're they're completely, no, they're they're talking like they're adults. They are completely aware of everything that's Mm -hmm. going on. Yet the only way that they can possibly explain to these children that what they're doing is wrong and this is a bad guy is to draw a crayon picture and stick it on the wall. just talk. You've been talking to them the whole movie in your dreams, outside your dreams. They've got a taxi over to your gaff. Like they're not, <laughs> you know, they're not completely just lunatics. So you're able to go and see. Yeah, just yeah, you're able to go look but at that picture. They have also like literally spoken before. Like it's... so, but but yet it's this one drawing that the child does with crayons, and they go, "Oh shit! This whole time we've been killing security guards, and we should have been killing you." Like. Those the deaths of those security guards are on your hands as well, children. I'm sorry, but you you can't just dump it all at the feet of Matthew Lillard. This is this is on you. Bloodlust those children had, and like yeah. pretend that pretend that it's just this one picture is what met them. Oh God, it was you all all along. Also, what if they've been up to you since they went missing? Like it's been a while. That's very true. That's true. Yeah. But that place is run down and hasn't been open since. What do they say? People used to go yeah. here back in the mm. 80s. So the place hasn't been. No one's been there since the 80s. So. What do they the last do? Ten years the when they're not killing security guards. Apparently, in the games, it like the whole thing is happening in the nineties, but they pushed it back to like later nineties, early two thousands, literally just to accommodate the the kidnapping subplot. So, <laughs> for <Wow>. choice. <laughs> do you know what else? But yeah, so like the uh, the ghost children slash robot animatronic creature things turn on um the bad guy and yeah they there's a pretty horrific death scene um it's kind of cool when you know they kind of it's actually off. it's really yeah, cool really, really, i, I really love they were kind of the the when the because they're out they're slamming in crushing is yeah they're kind of junk their their the rib the metal ribs are on these springs and they're closing in one by one them, and crushing them like that's actually yeah. and, and while while he's inside this big fucking mad bunny suit i mean there's just something there was actually mm. something pretty cool about yeah. that I really that's another one of those scene. scenes where you're just like oh, this is like this is she's a pretty fucking good director you know what i mean she's that self-contained scene and then you know the kind of animatronic guys pulling um hillard you know you know just dragging him away into a fucking room and mike yeah mike saves vanessa they leave then the lights and roofs are falling apart for some reason i don't know what that's all about yeah while they're dragging him off super some some sort of supernatural shit's going off and all the lights start exploding in the place and they don't really say why that's happening but the ghosts like, again or... did he has i don't know yeah shocker yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it had to be cut out for for budget reasons like and then uh yeah the mike and abby visit vanessa in hospital and she's in a, a coma or something like that um yeah that's like the yeah. And Abby's not like, should we visit Aunt Jane while we're here? No, no, she's yeah. fucking gone. Don't mind her. She's, she's sleeping. Well like, visit her the... She's sleeping, <laughs> When they right? visit her in hospital. Yeah. But, but yeah, by the way, Abby, when you left the house earlier on, was she just sleeping or was she dead? Like, oh, no, I didn't see her. Mike, I didn't see her. 
<laughs> big fucking robot funny footprints movie, you're everywhere. fucking awful <laughs> but like that scene yeah, yeah when they visit her in hospital and yeah don't know if she's in a coma or not it's just another in like it, i just found all the scenes that are not in freddy's are just as flat as fuck mm. like all these kind of melodramatic yeah. moments that they're forced into it like there's an earlier scene with... but she but she he, he thanks her yeah he thanks her in that scene he goes in and says you know thank you for saving like abby wouldn't be alive or some of the shit he thanks her for piece it yeah. together like she is just as culpable mm. as anybody else in here you don't go and visit her in a hospital she should be handcuffed to that bed <laughs> by the police after you tell her all the shit she's been telling her shit. like where's her partner partner's probably dead the whole lot like it's Bananas that he's not just that, that he went anywhere near to go thank you for saving her life. You turned over a new leaf at the last second. <laughs> She's still insane. And if she fucking comes out of that coma, don't even yeah. think about trying to get her into a love interest because she will kill you. you know, <laughs> or at the very least, way. she'll look like turn a blind eye while somebody else does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's she's waiting for like the next yeah. psycho to come along. Like she's to, 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 yeah, she's, she's to just to, to, get, to get on board with his evil scheme. She's just a henchman, you know, and she's. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just met I just I just wrote down sorry, I just wanted to just cut back to something that I that we kind of brushed past. There's at one point, right, when they're in they're in the animatronic fucking uh, thing where they're playing the blanket fort and shit, and the robots go up on stage and they're playing playing music and, and whatever shit. else. And she gets Abby walks up yeah. and they're terrible. But yeah, but yeah, and and so Vanessa shouts after her and goes, No, Abby, don't and she strings them to the guitar. And the guitar massively gives her this massive electric shock. There's no explanation as to why mm. that happens, but it gives Abby this huge electric shock, and she's bam, she is out cold. She's like, oh my god, she could be dead. They don't do anything. They just wait there. No ambulance is called. You once again, our police officer. You must have a CB radio, something outside in the car. So get your mobile out. She needs to go she's to the hospital. She's not just then. a police officer. She's a trained EMT. Oh yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, and she just goes. She should know that this. <laughs> Like child who is what seven eight years old or whatever age this child is needs to go to the hospital. But she's just like Abby, give her a little poke there. Oh, yeah, oh, good, good. She, she, she's coming poke. around. Like, she's been electrocuted. You knew that she was going to get electrocuted because you screamed, "Don't do it!" And yet you're just like, ah, just give her a few minutes. She'll just let know, her walk it off. Like, like you literally know? not meant to poke people who've been electrocuted in case they're still. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Great Got training that on that the EMT room. stuff, yeah. by the way. I, I, I'm starting to think that she is just not good yeah. at her job at all. <laughs> I'll cheer your motives, man. all over the place. <laughs> her yearly review isn't going to be pretty. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the, the final scene is the movie ends, yeah, with the, the crazy ghost kids closing the door as Matthew Hillard squirms inside. He's still not dead, so hoping for a sequel. And like, oh, oh, there's a hundred percent going to be a sequel. Like, yeah. like, like you've said already that this has made what fifty million open weekend. There's going to be a fucking slew of these things. Like, what you reckon this had? What you reckon was the budget? Oh, I didn't look it up actually. I'd say fuck all. I would imagine. Well, the animatronic. Yeah, twelve million. Can't Let's see. Let's see. Use the closest. Or you're saying twelve million? Yeah. What are you saying? Oh, do I have to guess? Oh, um, yeah. So he is the closest. 40 million. Ooh, right. It's actually, so it's, it's, it's $25 million okay. cost to make. It's already doubled. And it's, so it's already, just it's already doubled money. So it's basically including, yeah, including your advertisement, it's already made its movie back, money back. It's only just come out and it's streaming on Peacock. So people will pay to and see it. And should Jim Henson well. Studios have their, the animatronic thing built now to use them again? Wow. <laughs> well, there you go. It'll, it'll, there, it, like, there, there will definitely be a sequel to this. And no doubt many, many more. 
And the thing is, I would watch a sequel if they did it better. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I uh, This movie was terrible, but I was not bored. Oh, I enjoyed it. Like, I you really mentioned the start it. as I'm getting bored. You said I'm getting bored explaining yeah. it. But yeah, fair enough, because it's just, you know, I just, because I just yeah. wanted to get into it. I I wasn't bored throughout this movie. I was, we were yeah. pissed that I was laughing. It was, you know, it was ridiculous. And it's not, not a good movie by any stretch of imagination. It's but fucking no trash. Point, like, but it's, was I bored? It's, it's good yeah, trash. I, I, like. But if this was, if this was done better, and they bring Vanessa back and bring, definitely bring Vanessa back because that she was, could do another I could watch that train well. I, I don't need just bring her don't explain it just bring her back <laughs> in a different role and don't address it at all just... have, her, have her be an actual EMT this time I yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. necessarily think they need to do it better I think they just need to like show us that they know that it's shit like, you, like if hmm. it's more knowing yeah. it would have been but like you know, you don't feel sorry for the cast then who... Yeah, I, I think something would have been taken away from this if, if it was, like a Sharknado would say, they know it's ridiculous mm. and they purposely play it to be ridiculous. I think this was more enjoyable okay. because they were genuinely set out to make a and really good adaptation all... of this game. And, and they, they were, were all so serious. And that's what makes they were it like, so... I yeah. don't know what <laughs> they can see, each of them as they were acting, what they were imagining was... Oh, yeah. Oh, God, mm. yeah. Well, like sitting beside say, the premiere oh. and them going... Wow, how did you make this out of what I gave you? Because <laughs> I didn't know this is the movie we were making at all. I didn't know there was fucking robots. I didn't know there was yeah. robots in this movie. Like but that's uh, the thing, because it was two different. It seemed like kind of two different movies, and it's like a, a main character just half the time he just seems to be in a completely different movie. Like he's a complete disconnect from everything in Freddy's and the actual world, not re- reacting to anything. So it's just like just such a weird main character it's like he's acting as if he's playing the oh dreams are fucking weird and they can i can get hurt in dreams that's interesting there's a ghost over there that's possessing a robot cool about those dreams man read this book (laughs) (laughs) come on man (laughs) to be honest i thought i thought he did fine i thought dr judgeson was grand in this i didn't have any uh I didn't have any issues. Well, he just I mean, doesn't react to anything. He, I, I think he was told because yeah, but I think that's maybe that's what he was. If that's what he was told to play. Now, if he was told he needed to be playing this different way and he wasn't, then yeah, he did a bad job. But I think I think this is probably how he was directed mm. to play it, to play this kind of straight, ser- serious kind of role. But it just doesn't fit with the wackiness yeah. of the rest of the movie. When you've got this source super material guy, and I, I felt yeah, I felt sorry for him. He's this guy who's trying to look after his kid's sister and. Everything is so difficult for him, and I really, you know, you, you feel it for him. And he, but he's playing it, but he's playing it so, so serious. So it's a, it's a good acting mm. performance, but it, it doesn't fit in with the movie at all. And the source material, I mean, it, it's, it's, it. I don't know if it's, it like it's not that scary. Um, and I'm a wimp, as I mentioned, but I, I like, I don't think it was, go, it was. I don't think it's trying to be that scary. I don't think it. It's not really going for that killer robot angle. It's more. No, it felt like they were ghost really, story of sorts or something. They were really going for the PG thirteen, uh, like because that's the rating in the US, and I feel like they, they wanted, they wanted to keep that that audience that potential market as broad as possible. But how often is it that a movie is? PG thirteen there and not like what do we have here twelves advisory or something? Was it, but it was it fifteen advisory? Or, did we have that? Yeah, it was fifteen. Yeah, it was fifteen advisory. It was yeah. I I'd never even seen that before. I thought we P- just PG thirteen always kind of translates to fifteens over here. Generally, PG thirteen in the states you get get away with a lot more. You know, it's kind of PG thirteen, and then okay. they kind of ramp up to rated R and all that. You're kind of shit. you're allowed one. So fall, we we have that middle ground. 
Yeah, one, one. Yeah, fuck. you're allowed yeah. one fuck. But uh, and we didn't yeah, even get yeah, that. We that. didn't even get that. No, it's just shocking. Yeah. Like that. I, I, they should have given that one fuck to the taxi yeah, driver. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Or at, at the very end, just have like Ma- Matthew Lillard's character like going fuck as he's getting ripped apart. Yeah. Like that yeah, would be yeah, quite yeah. funny. Just you might you might as well use it. You might as well use it. You've got a free one. It's just just fucking use it. That's our one. Look. Yes. <laughs> but uh... but oh shit. Oh yeah, we should say right when this ended and the trailers rolled. This is what we heard behind us. Oh, people fucking clap. People started clapping. Like, oh, seriously. Swear man. to God. People were clapping. There was seven thousand looked at each other like you are I fucking don't kidding. People it. actually clapped. Non, yeah, non, non ironically, people in our cinema enjoyed this one. Like, yeah. like enough to make them clap. You know, I mean, not that it takes much. Yeah, not there that it takes much. People having a great clap. time people in my cinema as well. Like there was a, one kid dressed up, um, and his parents just looked highly amused with the whole kind of shenanigans another kid like so there was a group of three kind of like i'd say they were like between 10 to 12 boys behind me and they like they they when they, like the, the credits started to roll at the start one of them the, the youngest was just like it's showtime guys <laughs> <laughs> oh oh god <laughs> secondhand cringe <laughs> <laughs> that is spectacular. I just thought it was so cute, <laughs> like the little nerdy head on him, just being like, "Yeah, I've been waiting for this." It's our time. Oh, it's our yeah. time. Yeah. Like they, because they probably have. You know, as I said, like this is very much a you know a thing in pop culture. There's Funko Pops about it. There's teddy bears and T-shirts and all this kind of stuff. You know, they've only a few years left in their childhood, so there's only you know a, a few years. Yeah before they would no longer be able to be a child haunting an animatronic robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a stage we all don't like to outgrow, but we have to put it behind us and you know, move one. on. Yeah. <laughs> you hit puberty, things start to grow, and you also realize you can no longer be a child ghost and animatronic monster. And it's just part of life, really. Yeah, and I mean, as like as, what's it sitting on? It's 25% of Rotten Tomatoes at the moment? It's like what's that? Yeah, I think it's around the same on um on, I think it's thirty maybe on. But on the, the like it's so audience, fucking bad. It's, it's what's worth watching. The audience rating is much yeah, higher like, though, isn't it? Oh, because yeah. it's the crack. Like I mean, we, we've been laughing here for in, in the guts of an hour, yeah. over an hour at it, and um, like, because four it stars, is man. Like, absolute four stars. No, like it's like as a movie, it's rubbish. It's not a good movie. I like because it's how it's you know how it's how the plot is ridiculous. As you said, that the multiple characters that this Vanessa the cop is playing, the underutilization of of um, Matthew Lillard, like the the tone is just wildly different. It's three movies in one. Like it's mental as a movie. It's 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 not a good movie, but I still recommend going to see it or go or or downloading it. Like if it's coming to Peacock, it'll be on Amazon. But I, I would say you should point. see it with friends like the yeah. best thing about this is the fact that like oh we yeah knew we were, we were reviewing it but even if we saw it you know together if i saw this like i, w- I just wouldn't watch this at home but like going to the cinema and actually sharing that fucking madness and then being able to talk about it which normally probably like we what we we talk about it for maybe about a few minutes probably and then we'd be on to the next thing but being able to really dig deep and and see how fucking wild and mental this movie is adds to it completely like if you watch it on your own and then you didn't give it another thought and you just said to somebody yeah, i watched a shit movie last night you should embrace it and talk to people 
talk yeah. to a therapist do something like you need to talk about this movie but like that's why i was like i i enjoyed it so much more knowing we were going to have this conversation yeah 100 percent. yeah like it's i've been excited all week <laughs> yeah. knowing that we we're going to have like especially after we saw it yesterday and walked out it's like i, I can't wait, cannot wait yeah. till we get to sit down and have a chat with yeah. this because it's just there's so much to talk about like we've been, as i said we've been into it for nearly an hour and a half and there's there's probably is plenty more we could go through but we already recorded the first part of this episode, which is already an hour long. <laughs> so, like, this episode is already yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah. So, we, we will have to kind of start bringing it to a close. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I guess... I, I'm just going to continue to to share my thoughts with you guys in the WhatsApp group, though, because that, they will, this oh, is going like, to stay this, with me. This, yeah, this... this. Oh, yeah, and I hope it grows. I, I want other people to see it so we can make, make the WhatsApp group grow, just get more and more people to watch it, and we'll just have one big group where we all discuss it and... <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before before we go, so for all you people who are fans of it, who are listening to this, and are probably shouting, <laughs> haven't thrown your phone at the wall already, thinking we've gotten everything wrong, do please email us at middleagegeeks@yahoo.com if you have any comments from myself, Daz or D, um, that we're you know sullying the good name of your of your <laughs> beloved game franchise. Maybe you had a completely different view mm. on what you thought of this movie. Maybe you thought it was true to the game that you've played or the vision that you had for what this movie was going to be and not the absolute train wreck <laughs> that we, that we glorious all Glorious train know? wreck though. Glorious train wreck is right. Yeah. yeah. It's really, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who's been listening so far. And again, as Phil said, do get back to us with feedback about what we got right, wrong uh, viewpoints, many ideas for new topics going forward um i'd like to thank d our special guest today for uh the fantastic chats this is a uh, we could have talked yeah, d, for four great. hours it's uh it's fantastic and we'll hope to do it again in the future big time um oh definitely like, as soon as the sequel oh, comes yeah. out we're, we're canceling yeah. it in well i i had a great time and thanks for uh choosing me for such a bananas deluded film <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome absolutely so um yeah so from d phil and myself uh bye bye and see you next time